Ladies, gentlemen, enemies, this is the Eat, Sleep, Believe, Repeat podcast, your weekly AEW review and breakdown. I am the Duke of Verbs, also known as the Digital Phantom, also known as the Derpy Duke. What's going on, everybody? I'm here with my buddy, Charlie. We're here to fucking rain violence and destruction upon your fucking lives. No, um, we're <laughs> coming in hot. The Just eternal like- war has begun. <laughs> Are you ready to rise to the challenge, or will you be swept under the carnage? All right, anyway, um, <laughs> that being said, it is kind of how AEW storylines feel lately. No cap. Like, everyone's just trying to kill each other. That's kind of been AEW's, like, vibe for a while now. I don't know if it was, like, just, like, how bad the times are in general, or if they're just, like, people are just pissed backstage. I don't know, but I dig it, you know? Um... The only people that need to be happy right now are like House of Black because they're like, yes, everyone else is miserable. Great. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the way we want it. We won. We didn't even have to win. Yeah, but no, we had some good stuff to talk about this week. Um, you know, it's the week before AW Revolution. Um, we will have some kind of predictions out at some point this week. If we don't end up getting them out, um, I don't know, maybe we'll write them down and be like on next week, be like, this is what we thought. And like, it won't be like what we saw after we saw the show and then we decided, oh, we'll get everything right. Like, we'll actually give like legit predictions like of some kind um, once the full card is out. But the problem is when we try and do them on like, if we did them like right now, we could do them, but the, it's going to change before Sunday, 1000%. They always, I mean, we haven't got a single announcement of the pre-show and maybe there won't be a pre-show. Sometimes there's not, but usually for the bigger shows, like Revolution, excuse me, like Revolution. Yeah, you get a pre-show, you know what I mean? So Yeah, and and no matter what, I mean, we'll be here Sunday with our with our post pay-per-view show. So 100% like, like, we'll be here with your revolution coverage and you guys, hey, you guys always love to hang out with those ones. So, yeah. 100%, yeah. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll get that going. Uh we got our, you know, um New Japan had some pretty wild results at New Beginnings. Um, we had some Forbidden Door location rumors come out. With the New Japan bracket came out for the New Japan, uh, War, like the New Japan Cup. Sorry, I should say their single elimination tournament, and we'll, we'll have some predictions for that. We got our Dynamite, Ring of Honor, Rampage, Collision results, and uh, just before we get into the actual show, there's a few orders of business to take care of at the top. Uh, I like to make sure we get everything at the top of the show. Um, First of all, you can follow me at twitch.tv slash the We've been doing really super well lately. We're up to like 37 subscribers right now, which is pretty wild. Um, we also have been just like kicking ass playing Monster Hunter lately, so that'll be fun. But also follow us both on Twitter. You can follow me at Bane, that's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E, at, at O-Charlie with an X instead of an A, at O-X-Charlie. That's a different person probably. Um, but Could at O-Charlie with an X instead of an A. And then you have uh, the podcast feed, or I guess you'd say the podcast itself at Eat Sleep Elite on Twitter. You can you know message us and tell us that we have small meat and that we should be uh, removed from the podcasting universe and uh, burned in an eternal lake of fire. Um, but <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is Hold wrong on. with me today. The eternal lake of fire sounds fucking awesome. We <laughs> <laughs> gotta write that one down. Is that what you yeah, said? No. Uh, no, that's that's the fucking quest that someone needs to go on to save the princess. <laughs> I think that might be something from Dark Souls. No cap, like it might be. That's um, fucking badass, though. <laughs> the Eternal Lake of Fire. Yeah. Um. But no, it might have been something I actually got from George R. R. Martin. I think he. I think he said some like if he didn't get a book out by a certain time, you can put him in a in a cage over a lake of fire or something like that. But um, so maybe it's some like old like fantasy joke or something like that. But I don't really care. You probably hear me a little bit better now. Oh well. Anyway. Um, yeah, so there's that. There's also, um, you know, make sure whatever podcast platform you're happy if you're listening to this on, you hit a follow and or subscribe button so you get this feed and this podcast in your feed every week so you don't miss a single episode of Eat, Sleep, and Eat There, pal. 
And uh, that being said, we'll be jumping into favorites in a second. But Charlie, I haven't really talked to you, I don't think, at all, like in the last few weeks much, to be honest, because I've been like consumed with like 200 plus hours of Monster Hunter uh, grinding. So the monster. What's up, man? Oh, you know, doing uh, just lovely. Um, uh, speaking of the the platforms that find the show, uh, I've noticed a really big uptick on Amazon Music. Uh, seems seems our shows hit a little bit of wavelengths there. So, um, if you guys happen to be checking us out on there, but fucking that's awesome. Uh, didn't even realize we were on that, but I guess our our feed put us on there, right? So, but yeah, no. Um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll take it. It's the week of Dune Two. So, I'm I'm getting unbelievably excited for that. You know me with the science fiction. Oh, and, are and you going to see that? Yep, yep. And um, today, you actually, you witness the Shadow Mayhem in person, dude. I can't wait. I genuinely cannot wait. And today, actually, Tuesday. I mean, it could be Wednesday, depending on when you guys are listening to this. Um, Shogun Someone come came into my out. chat. Donate me fifty subs so I can go see it. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shogun um, came out today, so uh, I'm gonna have to check that out. I mean, people are calling it like one of the best fantasy series they've seen in years look we're the golden era of television right now it's another golden era look i didn't even watch succession but like even i can acknowledge its greatness right like is that like a successor show to succession or something or it's like this samurai meets game of thrones thing and okay so it's... i will say this there was this show called marco polo i don't know if you ever saw it It was on netflix it was this like it wasn't game of thrones style but they tried to do like a like it was like that sort of like i don't know if it's like 15 or 1600s whatever era that was like of when marco polo was alive but i didn't realize this but he went and spent some time in mongolia underneath oh, like yeah. one of the cons there and like they taught him how to like do like a samurai not samurai i guess it would be like whatever mongolian like swordsmanship would be you know like and they taught him like how to do that kind of shit i don't know how like serious it was but like they show a lot of that stuff and i was like damn they should do more stuff in different time periods with this like any of those shows they should do i don't know why they don't just hit more of that like even if it's not game of thronesy like by the way samurais and shoguns shoguns are the military fucking samurai like uh emperors basically they're not the emperor the emperor is still the emperor like they're still like the holy chosen person but the shogun's the one that's running the country so shogun is is still currently this is this is kind of unreal if you guys what, want to understand is it on so uh hulu and also okay. fx so Shogun is currently sitting at 100% pirate that one. No, it's, it's 100% tomato meter for the critics and 100% audience. Like this I don't think I've ever heard of that. Uh yeah, the hype around this show is unreal and I just I know you and I that's that's going to be fucking speaking I'll to us. I'll definitely watch some samurai shit. You know me, exactly, I love some fucking samurai exactly. shit. So, uh the fact that came out today and and Dunes this week, I, it's just a great time, man. And I'm just I'm really excited for it. But the fuck are those blades in Dune called? I forget. We have one on our fucking character and, oh, and God. God. Fuck. Uh, I just well, I rewatched June literally on Sunday. I too. could pull it up on COD, but I'm not getting off Monster Hunter. So, so yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I have 11 days that, in Monster Hunter. That's actually so fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it, it was a good week of AEW this week too. I mean, I, I ended up having a little bit of a, no, of a busy fucking... week, so I caught it later in the week. But um. I think I think we got some good favorites I think it today. Started so. off strong, and then like in the middle, it was like, eh. and then the beginning, it was like, oh hell yeah! The women's tournament was really good, but Ring of Honor I mean, was just, like, eh. just again. I mean, since uh, quick spoiler, both of our favorites are in Collision this week, but it's like this. This was another week where Collision was just so fucking good that honestly, I would be content. There, there's going to be people out there where Collision might be the only wrestling show they watch, 
Because, you know, they just happen to catch it on that time. Maybe they're off that night and they just watch it. You never know. There was a whole people that only watched SmackDown for years. Yeah, why why SmackDown had a consistent audience was because so it's it, like, it was consistent. Like, you would get an hour at least of really good wrestling on SmackDown every like, week. Like, like, you know when you're tuning into Collision. The expectations for Collision are through the roof. Yet, I think it, it delivers every time. So it somehow meets them and exceeds them on, like, several occasions throughout the year. Always. Yeah. It's insane. Like, so, uh... That that being yeah, it's it's odd today. So go ahead, you got the first favorite. What do you, what do you got for us? Yeah, no, ripping off the band aid. There's no reason to pussyfoot around here. It's fucking Brian Danielson making his fucking debut in the favorites this week. It's gonna be our wrestler of the year again. Just won the technical wrestling award. Actually, do we have the Wrestling Observer Awards in the notes this week? You know what? I'm gonna go get those. Good call. We, we we talked about them briefly, like in like text, but we didn't actually like really discuss them. I think we might have talked this week once or something like that, but like we haven't really had a chance to. Um, did we watch? You know, did, on did we watch the first two Saturday matches of the CDL together this week? I think we I think did. It was, right? Yeah, it was either Saturday or Friday. Saturday yeah. or Friday. We might we watched whatever matches we we didn't watch Optic. I don't think. No, we did watch Optic. That's what it was. We watched Optic on the first day. Optic. Um, and who played before Optic? I can't remember, but was it? Yeah, I didn't stay up for uh, Heretics, which was a good move. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> but um, no, yeah. But uh, so yeah, Junakayama took on Brian Danielson. Um, basically, like Junakayama is one of those guys, Charlie, that I like. We didn't know we were going to become huge fans of, but like, who did he wrestle? We know he wrestled Ortiz. Who he wrestled, wrestled Eddie, but he wrestled somebody else. I want to say right randomly at some point before it was a he wrestled tag Eddie. Match. Um. Maybe it was him and Ed, uh, Ortiz versus him, him and Eddie, him. maybe against Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer. Does that sound right? That that could have been something a match like that. that they did yeah. At some point, yeah, and it was just like pretty short, like ten minutes. But it was like it was like kind of like it almost felt like Eddie needed to prove to June that he was on his level or something like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, it was something like that. Um. Anyway, basically, the prodigy of the four pillars in all Japan pro wrestling, Junakiyama. He's a guy that we didn't really expect to be one of our favorite wrestlers that we just like would respect for like the history. But if you go back and look at the stuff this guy was doing in the '90s with all those four pillars and you know Kenta Kabashi, um, and and uh, and all the rest of those guys, um, you he know, he like, teamed with Kanosuke and he faced Eddie and Ortiz. Oh, Jesus! That's a team they should have run back. What the hell? Um, how all Japan didn't try and snack. They probably did try and snack Kanosuke, and Kanosuke was like, "Um, actually, Tony Khan said he'd pay me a billion dollars just to be a wrestler." So you know, um, one billion, one bill, Kanosuke. Um, but uh, yeah. So I did like I, I did like that uh, uh they jokingly mentioned the Wrestling Observer Awards because you know the two people at that desk that probably care about them the least are Nigel McGuinness and fucking Eddie Kingston. You know what I mean, like. Um, which I mean, probably Brian Danielson to an extent too. I mean, he probably appreciates when he wins his own awards. It's just like, heh, you know, but like, I, I doubt he gives a shit either. I doubt most of the wrestlers give a shit, but like, I don't know. It means something to me. It's one I mean, of those things where I, I bet their awards are the ones that are taken the most seriously. Definitely so by the if media. If you care about sure. any awards in wrestling, you probably care about the observer ones just because they're the ones that have been around since the fucking if there were the 80s such or the a- 70s. So, so the way that I look at it is like this, right? Like the biggest – the MVP award is voted on by a group of writers, right? It was started by writers. It wasn't like a league thing from what I understand. I'm sure the league gave out some kind of like trophy to somebody at some point. But like the people that vote on some of those things – and there's other than just – other than like the actual MVP award, there's like votes every year. Like who is the best player in football? Who is the best player in basketball? Whatever, you know, like – and they and they factor that stuff in. People give votes. It's always weird who gets votes too. If there was something like that in wrestling, you know – 
um, the Wrestling Observer would probably be like the main. That'd be where you all the writers, all the writing, like, all the votes would go into. I would assume. You know what I mean? Like, and then I don't know. But anyway, um, we had some mentions of some really, really cool wrestlers here. Jumbo Saruda got mentioned. You don't get really a lot of mentions of Jumbo Saruda nowadays, which is pretty cool. Um, which for all the jumping knee stuff that we see, you know, like the the learning tree that went down to Kanosuke Takeshita, you know what I mean? Like that that goes all the way back to Jumbo Saruda, you know what I mean? It goes all the way back to All Japan Pro Wrestling in the nineties, which for a lot of AEW wrestlers seems to be like because Brian knows about this stuff. So for a lot of people in AEW, it seems to be this sort of like like flex point in wrestling history that they look back on and like I think a lot of people wish it was more appreciated than it was. Because you've seen the crowds, they were they were like Japan sized wrestling crowds. But they're like now Japan-sized wrestling crowds, but it was back then. Like you know what I mean? Like, so it's not like they were massively. Unless I'd have to go back and look at some numbers. I'm sure they filled out the dome or something like the dome at some point. But like, it wasn't like we were seeing like mega crowds. They were really loud crowds, and that tells you how good the product was. But and I think that's kind of why AEW can work with these kinds of talents like this and this kind of history that can be drawn upon. It, it, Charlie, can you agree with me? I feel like it adds this aura around these matches that makes it feel even more important than it already does. Like you already build up certain matches like this in your yeah. head because of the the you know potential dream match quality, but like then they do that, and I think it adds a lot to it. Um, yeah, so, I mean that idea that we can have anyone show up at any time. You know, I mean, hundred percent. Really, I, I don't think there's a single wrestling company on this planet outside of wwe that we're not going to see someone just randomly show up a couple like, yeah like, like like we've satoshi kojima i mean he he's the definition of he freelances in at all these companies mlw all japan you name it he's shown up in AEW uh-huh. multiple times so Nakajima, it's like you know what i mean yeah there there will be those people showing up and and kota abushi is an AEW talent he was just in noah right have we like, had kota abushi versus brian danielson yet <laughs> I'm sure they had it back in the day, but I don't think we've had it in AEW. No, Kota Bushi's been very limited in AEW, and now he's plus you add on he the injury. broke his fucking ankles and yeah. shattered his fucking pelvis and broke the fourth wall and fell into the twelfth dimension. Um, but um, him, him and Kenny being injured at the same time is just like what the fuck. Anyway, um, brutal. A uh, couple things to note that I noticed throughout this match. Uh, June cuts off with a with a clothesline, the double clothesline, or sorry, double like sort of drop kick that Brian does in the corner where he runs to the corner, uh, and then hits the second drop kick. He got cut off. You don't really see a lot of people do that. I think that's kind of like a, a note of like, oh, I have respect for you. Then there was this sequence that Brian hit where he hit a single leg crab and then he twisted that into an ankle lock. And then the ankle lock started to get picked away a little bit, and he slid that into a German suplex. I thought he was going to do a capture suplex for a second. I think they thought better of it. Like, okay, June's a little bit too much of a man for us to try and do this like this with just all body weight, you know? Like, so they went for the German suplex, and that that was just really good. Like, the, like the, the technical wrestling ability. I mean, this was a technically sound match, of course, because you have June Akiyama. Like I said, he was that guy back in the '90s, and Brian Danielson's been that guy since probably since the '90s, honestly. You know, like, um, it's like. It's like, I don't know, it's it's crazy what they can do, even with someone like, I don't even know, I'm just going to look it up now because I didn't look it up because I want to get my reaction to this now because I haven't actually looked it up. I want to see how old Junakiyama is. 54 years old, and he had a smoother fucking match than people half his age. Insane, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, I mean, and, and it's sometimes when you know your style, and, and we, we were very pointed to this the past few times RVD's been on, when you know your style, and you don't go beyond that, everything you do, it looks just as good as people will remember. And RVD, 
It's like they fucking stuck him in a time bottle, man. And you can say the same exact RVD thing. RVD Nakayama, book it, Tony. <laughs> and, dude, and, and the match is going to look good. They're not going to go out there and embarrass themselves. Like, it's going to be good. Yeah, this match was just super fun. Suplexes, knees, kicks all over the place. Some of the best-looking kicks I've ever seen by two different people in a wrestling match. And I've seen some pretty crazy matches in New Japan, you know. Huge win for Brian in a really fun match. Akiyama did shake Brian's hand. And then Brian disrespected Eddie. And June was like, hey, I respect this guy. What the fuck? So Brian then kicked June right in his Akiyamas. Um, and uh, then proceeded to try and attack him. And, and Eddie gets involved. And then Claudio gets involved. And so we have, you know, that's like the end of the show program, which uh, I just figured I'd cover since, you know, we're not going to we're gonna come back to this yeah, segment no. at the end. But, you know, really good, really good go-home angle. So yeah, just any thoughts that you had on this match? I know we both talked about it a little bit already. Just yeah, didn't add already. Just good it, stuff. it was just such a fun match, and again, with with the current Brian Danielson uh, storyline they're running with, you know, him beating all these Japanese legends or just legends in general, icons of Eddie Kingston, we there's there's really high expectations going into these matches, and there's no denying that. And I think all of them have just been truly enjoyable. You know, all the people in that crowd, they've, I mean, unless they're really lucky, they've never seen Junakiyama oh, wrestle. Here's a good question. Who's got right? higher expectations on match quality at this point in AEW? Brian Danielson against all these, like, legendary wrestlers that he's wrestling or FTR versus any tag team? Oof. Uh, yeah. It's got to be Danielson because of, because of who he is. That you expect, when you flip on Danielson, that it's going to be the best on the show. And whether that's because of Daniel Bryan, or because of, you know, the old Brian Danielson from Ring of Honor. This guy's had this lineage for all these years. What's like fascinating it, is I would love for someone to truly draw the line for me. And now I understand there is a little bit of an adaptation that he made to the WWE style. But for the most part, especially toward the later half of his career, he really started to just do whatever he wanted. You know what I mean? I mean, and, we started even seeing at the beginning. I, I just recently, it, within like the last month, I should say. I watched Brian Danielson versus CM Punk from 2012 at one of those yeah, pay-per-views. super early match. Those and motherfuckers went out there, out there and, and had a wrestling match in the fucking hardcore wow. of the PG era. Well, like, of course. I where mean, that, even, where that style did not exist in that two Even years. Vince knows. Like, oh, these two guys, they're two wrestlers. I'm going to let them wrestle because they're not going to get the main spot on this show anyway. So I'm just going to let them do something and try and prove something to me. That's probably one of the things that helped Vince to fucking respect CM Punk enough to put a world title on him. You know what I mean? Maybe eventually yeah. Brian one day. So I thought, huh, Brian was pretty good on that one show. Yeah, and, you know, just really good strikes, technical holds, all, all, you covered it all. Everything you would expect from this match, I think you got. And I think if you were, you know, looking to get like a, like a New Japan modern classic from this match, you might have walked away a little disappointed. Because I think this match uh, was exactly... Go watch Brian Danielson versus Suzuki no, I, from the YouTube show. I think this match was YouTube exactly show. what we thought it'd be. And if, if you what the liked... hell was that the pre-show for? Was it a pre-show for like one of the TV shows or something? I can never find that shit. Grand Slam. Oh, I might have to look that up because I want to rewatch yeah. that match because it was incredible. Like, Yeah, yeah. It was it was the pre-show to Grand Slam. Uh, they put like a four and a half like star match or yeah. like a three and a half star four match, like four star match on just like the pre-show for a TV show. Crazy. But uh, we're sticking with Collision here and it... It's going to be a sh- back in time two yeah, hours. It's, it's going to be a short, short uh, review for you because uh, we're oh, your opener and closer are gone. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs versus Sammy Guevara, the no disqualification match. Um, 
You know, we we were joke. I, I, we jokingly said, "Who's Are this match neighbors for? renovating a house next to me?" They're gonna be like, "What the fuck? The hell's going on in there?" We we said, "Who who's this match for?" Me, motherfucker. And dude, there there was a table counter on Twitter during this match. Um, these guys literally beat the living shit out of each other, and some really cool spots. Powerhouse Hobbs has not appreciated what Kevin Kelly's been saying about him. So he went to that motherfucker, made him strip down, took his belt, and used it to beat another man. I, I, okay, made him strip down is crazy. It's crazy, but it's true. Uh, he took his belt. I don't know if that's, he made him strip down. Hey, no, that's, that's stripping that's down, a, bro. That's stripping ah, down. Now, if someone hasn't seen this match and they've just heard what we said, their curiosity's been fucking peaked, and you're welcome for that. Um... All I'm going to say, Kevin Kelly, hog. No. <laughs> Imagine. I knew it. Paul. <laughs> no. Um, dude, this was just the definition of a batshit crazy no DQ match. Why? Were- why is th- I thought this was going to be a pay-per-view match. This was just a random TV feud, I guess. And they just decided to end it with a giant fucking I'll you, bang. I'll tell you what. The pay-per-view already might be a little overstuffed. And that's something we'll get into during our, our uh, predictions. There's way too many matches, and it's going to be like a five-hour fucking show. Might be a problem, but... Uh, AEW's done five-hour shows before, and they were fine. Five-hour shows are fine if the wrestling quality is great, so I have, like, I have no doubts about it. It, but, was, it was double or nothing? No, it was like something weird like two years ago. It was like literally like four or five hours, and everyone yeah, went to Tony Khan like, ah, we don't like this. And then he was like, okay, and so everything's been like around again, four hours. And again, it was hours. only because the main event sucked. It was the fucking Jay White one. It was Jay White and MJF. <sighs> It was no, no, it was before show. that. It was, it was before that. It was okay, so it's happened a few times. I mean, it's not yeah. like AEW's perfect. But that show we went on way that. too long, and and yeah. But no, uh, to this match, uh, it started really hot right away. Like Guevara, but as soon as the bell rings, within a second, he's got a knee in, in Hobbs' throat. Um, Hobbs threw Guevara outside the ring, or outside the fucking barricade, and nearly landed on a child. Um... Hey, that, that kid had to go. <laughs> I could feel the panic in that father's fucking head. Uh, get, get over here, little Jimmy. Come on. <laughs> Stay the fuck little Jimmy. Um, Jimmy. Slamming him on the steel stairs. There was seven tables broken, I believe. So that's way too many. It's way too many, but it's fucking, you know what? It's worth it. Because why wouldn't they do it? Um, It was just batshit fucking crazy. And I think it delivered on what we needed it to in the sense of uh, no one (sighs) – jokingly, uh, no one was like too into this match when they announced it because people were really down on the Jericho storyline and they're pretty down on the Don Callis storyline. So everyone's like, you know, what's going on with – do we really need this match? You know, Sammy Guevara fucking had the worst promo of his career like three weeks ago. And it, I think it, that might have been what killed this from being on the pay-per-view was that promo, dude, it honestly. It probably did, but... I that, that was one of the worst promos in AEW history, let's just say. It, it was, Sorry. but this match severely exceeded the feud that's been, that it's been built on. And and this is one of those examples where when we think of this match, when we if we ever think of the Powerhouse Hobbs and Sammy Guevara feud, say it's a main event feud three years down the road, right? The fuck would we be smoking to be thinking about that? But okay, go ahead. No, but just... Hypothetically, three years down the road, you know, Powerhouse Hobbs is a world champ, fucking, and Sammy Guevara. That's a fantasy. I don't think so. Not in this company. I I do not think so. I think they they know what Hobbs is. Maybe five years, three years. I don't think. I I think. 
I think we're going to get a Samoa Joe run. You could, I, I'd fucking, I'll put my I, life savings. We don't know what a Samoa money. Joe run is. This could be like seven months of a Samoa, Samoa Joe run ends not on winning. Sunday. Um, I, I mean, I would love no, it for you. We're going to think of this. But... We're going to remember this match because you know what? This match fucking humped. And we're setting up this meat madness match, which uh, Miro's not in it. So, is it safe to assume Miro's well, gone? Sammy Guevara man? got bumped off the pay per view by Meat Madness. That first is it, of all, is pause. it safe to assume that Miro's just gone? Um, Why I mean, there were rumors that there there were rumors that no, I mean, it would be really weird that they brought in CJ Perry like last minute, like just before. Like, was it was because what they wanted her to get. She wanted to get on TV on wrestling before she went back. I mean. I guess, like, if, he, if he's that much of a fucking, like, I want to go back to WWE now, then just let him. I mean, I don't think he's like that, though. I think Miro is just the kind of person that doesn't want to show up to work, obviously. Obviously. Like, I mean. Yeah. I, I, I think. I, the I fact think he's was, not in this match, there, I think he's just There were rumors going. a while back, Charlie, that he goes to creative a lot, like, almost every week and asks if they have something and they say no. And if that's the case. I mean, case, how do you possibly know, have this match without him? Like just, just genuinely, how do you possibly? No, have I mean, him I, him if he's not, if maybe, he's... maybe like Meat Madness is like a special match, and he'll just show up and like be like, "Why was I not in this?" You know, after he beats everybody up or something. Like I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but um, I mean, it's just a big beef triple threat. That's but all. Either it way, is, either I mean? way, uh, Hobbs. Every single move he did, it looked painful. The winner better get like three rotisserie chickens, and the stipulation is they have to eat them right then. I'd, I'd have the winner challenge for one of the titles on uh, Big Business. I think that's that's easy. Uh, unless it's I mean, Wardlow. That, They're not going to have fucking Wardlow. Yeah, yeah, never fucking mind. Fucking Wardlow. That. Fucking Wardlow. Wardlow. you know what? Wardlow, Wardlow, Wardlow could win that match, and Roddy will be the international champion probably, so they won't do that. But either way, any thoughts you had on this match? And just the smorgasbord of AEW wrestling, man. The difference between our two favorites is fucking unreal. Yet they were on the same exact show. Yeah, I mean, just like I would not have had this. I didn't even know this match was on Collision, to be completely honest with you. When I flipped it on, I was like, oh, okay, Sammy Guevara is on here. Okay, and I was like, oh, he's wrestling. Oh, it's a no disqualification match. This is going to yep. be fucking insane, you know, like. so which, which Sammy fucking excels at those matches. Which is why him and Darby are destined to dance forever. Oh, 100%. Like, that needs to main event an AEW pay-per-view for the world title at some point, like. Yep, singles. Them, them, and it needs to be. It just needs to just be like a unsanctioned match for the title. Can you do an unsanctioned match for the championship? Is that makes sense? That probably not, right? Yeah, probably not. Well, they the did title. it with the women's title, right? Like so. Yeah, they did. I guess you it. could. They, you could. You could say, ah, fuck it. It's unsanctioned, but we're sanctioning the championship. So suck my dick. That's what they could say. <laughs> Tony Khan says, "Shuck the schmeet." All right. Um. That being said, though, I, I guess that takes us into like uh, what, what what news now? I guess. Yeah, we got um, a, yeah we got a little bit of news this week. Um, nothing major, just a lot of little things and stuff. We're gonna have fun doing. First thing up is uh, Michael Oku and Will Osprey. They oh, had what a Will, fucking match! Will yeah, Osprey's uh, go home match from the independent scene. It was for the Charlie, Repro. It's not fair that he has match of the year in a different company before he comes to AEW. Like a week before he comes I, to AEW. That's Will, bullshit. Will Osprey at Will this Osprey point should be fucking like uh, should be fucking thrown into the fucking stocks for it for three weeks. Yeah, that's that's where yeah. this punishment um, should be. Definitely. <laughs> no, dude. It's just it's one of those things, man. Will Osprey is on a level of greatness right now that I can't believe he's coming to AEW. His first match being to Kesha. First, you know, first time on the on the roster, 
this is going to be unreal. And I, I, we're in for a treat. Um, as far as I've seen, I, I don't know if you guys keep in touch with that wrestle ticks, but, um, uh, he's already pushing tickets. Like they, they sold all the tickets that they had to their show on Wednesday. So they had to add more, which dude, if you guys, or if anyone listening to the show is going on Wednesday, you are one lucky motherfucker. I swear to you. I am so jealous. You get to see dynamite and collision. Um, and we'll get into a little preview uh, at the end of the show. We don't have a lot announced, but, and it's things final dynamite. So like, you're going to have a hell of a fucking show on your hands. Uh, so enjoy that. Um, but no, Michael Oku and Will Ospreay, we, uh, we, we caught this match together. It, it is as good as advertised, guys. I mean, it's, it's literally, it's perfect. The story that they tell in the match is perfect. And I just, I don't know. I, it, it blows my mind that wrestling is just capable of this still. What, what's going to blow your mind more is when he has three matches in AEW this year that are even crazier. And, and we have to decide between those which ones the match of the year is. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't wait. And I, I think his first feuds are so easy to set up. And, and Aussie Open should be back soon. So we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Um, uh, up next on news, WWE hired an independent wrestler named Patrick Scott. He will, he's a 27-year-old independent wrestler. Um, he is going to be the writing assistant on SmackDown. And I wanted to bring this up because I, I got to tell you, I think that's fucking perfect. This is someone whose passion is wrestling. Like you said, he's been, he's been on the indies for 10 plus years. Um, he wrote yesterday, I left North Carolina as an independent wrestler. Today, I woke up in Connecticut as an employee of the WWE. I have much more to say, but Twitter's character limit is telling me to take it home to every single person who supported me. Thank you. And you know what? I that is a really good sign because I think getting wrestlers in your creative it, it's going to help. You, you need to have people that care, and that's why. And like, if this guy's getting brought in off the indies like that, he's got to be somebody that somebody knows. And he's got to have really... a fucking insane wrestling mind. That's what I would have to think because you know he must this have is, killed that interview. This is somebody who's on the writing slash creative team, whatever you want to call it, the booking committee, whatever. Like this is their comfort person that they like to work with. Like how QT Marshall clearly is for Tony Khan, you know what I mean? Or how uh, how Will Washington, I think, probably will be to Ring of Honor version of Tony Khan. You know what I mean? I, I kind of like to think of the Tony Khan and Ring of Honor and an AEW as two completely separate. I think like Tony Khan's not on the fucking crack when he's on fucking Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Like you know, he's it's, cooking. It's the he's middle. Cooking. Maybe it's because it's at the end his... of the show. He's just fucking out of his mind and he's like Ring of Honor. He had his farewell match for Premier Wrestling Federation at their Goodbye Crystal Coast event. And he lost to Bojack in a loser leaves town match. He left his boots in the ring. So I've never heard of this guy. Um, but <laughs> he's he's literally like like a very, very small indie talent. And, you know, you got to root for people like that in this business. So good on him. And I wish him success. Um, we got some New Japan stuff I want to get into. So we got some predictions here. The New Japan Cup. The bracket has been released. Okay, I'm gonna kind of fly through the matchups, and then real glass, and then we'll give you predictions on our final four. So, bro, that sounded way too much like him. I think I need to be shot. Yeah, it might need to be. Um, top left bracket, Sonata has the buy. So there's four buys. 
Sonata, Evil, Zack Sabre Jr., and Hiroki Goto. Essentially, they're the number one seeds, okay? Yoshihashi is facing Kenta. Shota Umino versus Jack Perry. So that they're going to wrestle this match twice. They're wrestling again at Windy City. Toru Yano versus Yujiro Takahashi. The second bracket, TJP, David Finley, Tonga Loa, Great Okan, Tomohiro Ishii, Chase Owens. Third bracket, Haiku Leo versus Bolton Oleg. Shingo Takagi versus Yuya Uemura. Oh my god. That match is about to, that match is gonna shift some conversations. I'm telling you right now. Callum Newman versus Gabe Kidd. I yeah, that, love that's gonna be fucking nutty. I'm in love Gabe with this Kidd. top right bracket. And and what sucks is evil's the fucking one seed, so we're we're cursed. Uh bottom right bracket, Yoda Suji, Jeff Cobb, El Fantasmo versus Mikey Nichols, Tai Chi versus Ren Narita. No Shane Haste on the fucking cup. I Correct. am disappointed that. Oh. There's a lot of young talent here. So what we're going to do here is we're going to give you our final four. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go first here. Oh. So coming out of the left brackets, I got Shota Umino versus David Finley. And coming out of the right brackets, I got Zack Sabre Jr. versus Yuya, uh, Yuya Uemura. In the finals, I got Shota Umino versus Zack Sabre Jr. And I got Zack Sabre Jr. winning the New Japan Cup for the second time. Duke, what do you got for our final four? You say Zack Sabre Jr. winning this cup for the second time? Correct. Okay. So uh, in my left bracket, I have uh, Hiroki Goto taking on Jack Perry. Whoa, okay. And in my right bracket, I have uh, Shingo Takage taking on uh, Zack Sabre Jr. And I have Zack <gasps> Sabre Jr. beating Jack Perry to win the second time. Um, I am so down with Shingo Takagi and Zack Sabre Jr. is like the perfect match on paper. Oh, 100%. Uh, like, that's beautiful. And you also have Jack beating like a potentially lots of really great people in there. Like, I, I, I mean, you could, Jack versus Sonata would be running a match back, wouldn't it? Yep, at Forbidden Door. That would be an interesting like semifinal on the left side. That So right away, Jack versus Shota is such a big match because we have each of those guys going to the final. Oh, 100%. So, yeah. yeah, and I believe that's the first day, too. Uh, that's March the Bracket 6th. Buster match right yeah, there. That's what's this side. <laughs> the cynic in me wants to put David Finley in the final, but I held oh, back. Oh, he will be. He will be. When, when it's David Finley versus Evil in the final, we're going to fucking hate ourselves. Dude, all right. If he does that, seriously. <laughs> no, no, I'm not even kidding you. If Gato does that, it's time to give <laughs> Ryusuke Taguchi the fucking pen. It's over. All right, he's done. Taguchi, look, there was a fucking fake post last week. Um, with that black, he's got a good mind, bro. I don't yeah, care. No, what dude, with the black me. New Japan lion, the one that you know strikes fear into everyone's hearts when they see it. And in the fake post, it had the, they've come to terms with the release of Gato. Ryusuke Taguchi is now the new head of creative. Well, give me butt stuff, fucking and, running and the Everyone shit. got excited, so I, I he's think good. He's, he's bro, next he fucking up for creative. Over. Yeah, he was no, one of my 100%. favorite dudes in fucking uh, the junior tournament last year, bro. Dude's like one thing like fucking 75 Dude, he's times. A fucking, he, he is an incredible mind for wrestling. Um, Mustafa Ali has won the X Division title at TNA No Surrender. He is the – he won the first – he won the title in his first match. So really cool for him. That's like the actual like, cruiserweight title that actually matters, which is kind of cool. You know, like – Yeah. Um, a little uh, – I want to follow up from uh, one of our conversations. I believe it was last week. We were talking about Sting's sons. Maybe maybe they become wrestlers. You know, wh- what's the idea with that angle they Stinger ran? Bad. And Stinger Darby bad. Allen did confirm to Digital Spy, which was doing a, an interview with him, Sting's sons are not interested in becoming wrestlers. 
He asked Sting if Garrett and Steven have ever tried wrestling, but Sting said it's just not something they've wanted to do. So there's a lot of wrestlers, kids that are like that, though. Yeah. Like not everybody's going to be Rachel Ellering or, you know, um, just pick your pick your favorite person that, you know, is a famous person's kid that ended up being a famous person themselves. Not everyone's interested in that. I'm sure Sting has made quite enough money that his family is just fine. You know what I mean? Like, and they probably yeah, know yeah. well for themselves as well. If Sting's work ethic is anything to suggest what his kids would be like, you know, like, so they probably just wanted to be a part of it for once. You know what I mean? Like, so he was like, Hey, I'm retiring. Could you come be like on the show for once? You assholes. Dominic Mysterio is a fucking wrestler. What have you ever done for me? You know, like <laughs> AEW now. Yeah. Right. AEW. Um, <laughs> so we've been wondering where forbidden door is going to be this year. You're a grateful son's up. Andrew Zarian, who's who's been pretty pretty on the nose lately, you know. He has he has reported that um the third Forbidden Door event will be in Arthur Ashe Stadium. So how many can Arthur Ashe fit? Like twenty thousand or something? Yeah, I believe the first AEW show there did twenty K. So So that could be interesting. Yeah. Um yeah, in September 2021, over 20,000 fans. 22, they had over 14K. And, uh, yeah, so I think you're you're looking at a good 14, 15. You could definitely do 15 plus here. Um, Forbidden Door. Now, this brings me to the next little bit of New Japan thing we're going to talk about, which are some of the results that have been happening. So New Japan held both of their new beginning in... Uh, Sapporo? Sapporo matches, yes. Okay. We're only going to talk the championship matches here. Sho is now the new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. El Desperado has been defeated. Despy. Someone wrote, this match was painful. When it wasn't slow, it was frustrating. Uh... The reign of Sho is going to be dreadful. No. Tell me they didn't just put that title that was really good last year in the domes. They immediately <sighs> followed it up. Evil Global championship. Did the global championship just delete the junior championship? Is that what just happened? Oh, oh no. just you wait. The never open weight championship. The very next match, Evil defeated Shota Umino. Yes. Whoa, 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 Everyone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Evil defeated Shota Umino. The top line. This was another insufferable House of Torture match. We immediately follow that up. The New Japan World Television Championship. Matt Riddle has defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi to win the title. That's fine. That's good. And what's funny about that? You know what they wrote? This match was fine. <laughs> I'm sure we the match was like, okay. I'm we sure, immediately you know. followed that up with the main event, which I do want to watch. I haven't watched these shows yet. By the, the main way, I'm trying to think of people in Japan right now that could match the energy of Zack Sabre Jr. And Matt Riddle is absolutely one of them. So. Yeah, that, that could be fun. It's just, why, Tana, really? <laughs> I mean, maybe this is why Zach's not going to win the cup now. I'm surprised Matt Riddle's not in that cup, honestly. What the hell? IWGP Global Heavyweight Championship, Nick and Nemeth. Nick Nemeth. How do you have neither of those guys in this tournament? What is going on? Nick Nemeth has defeated David Finley to win the title. I, I think... Charlie, is Gato smoking rock? Oh, dude. Show and Evil with two, two of the important titles, he's smoking rock. Don't even get me started on fucking Naito. Um, New Japan, new beginning the next night. This was Kazuchika Okada's farewell night. Okay. Um, Okada did win in his last match. Um, I believe he even got the pin. 
Yeah, he uh, he pinned uh, Callum Newman. Um, Nick Nemeth and Ryusuke Taguchi defeated David Finley and Ghetto. Ghetto. Um, Duke Doki Doki Doki. Def- the Doki Choki. The Doki Choki defeated Hiromu Takahashi. That's a good sign. Taichi defeated Shingo Takagi. Again, these are really good singles matches. And the next match. The match that I think burned Twitter to the ground. Hair versus hair. Yoda Suji defeated Yuya Uemura. Everyone across the board could not believe how boring this match was. And how slow it was. And how it worked against both of their styles. Um... This this guy I follow, he he went on to even say, I expected a little life for a match with so much on the line, but this was dreadful. And Tetsu United defeated Sonata in the main event. So, what does this mean? Sonata will face the New Japan Cup winner, of course, right? Now, there's a theory going out there. So wait, so my question is, is he's in the New Japan Cup, so if he were to win it back-to-back... No, years, no, Na- just- Naito's not in it. Oh, Naito will face the winner. Okay, I thought yeah. you were saying Sonata would. My no, no, no. Broke uh, for a second. No, Sonata, Sonata, I think, is chalk now. now. Now that he lost the rematch, there's there's no... He's probably not looking good. But it, this is everyone wondering. Who's going to be the next New Japan champion? It's fairly obvious. Naito is not holding this thing long. There's a theory going around right now that John Moxley will be winning this title at Windy City the Windy City pay-per-view in Chicago in in April. You said this to me a while ago. That's still going around. That's crazy. This is catching a lot of steam. It sounds cuz John Moxley is that's not uh, that's where he's, uh, he's not going to be featured in the main event. Mustafa is going to be as well, right? Yep. At that show. Okay. Who's Jack Perry's wrestling, wrestling shooter? Um at that show as well. And he's wrestling um, Takahashi, right? Uh Yes, which is a non for a title cuz Show is a champion. Of course. Show has so much potential. He could be so good, and yet they have him fucking doing weird shit. Uh, Japan. Talk to me about John Moxley becoming the new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Let me at tell you, City. I'm pretty sure if I loaded up WWE 2K, the current 2K game right now, I'm pretty sure my IWGP Champion is John Moxley. That's something I'm surprised hasn't happened yet. He won the uh, the United States title before it became the global title or whatever. But like, yep. I think that because they could they keep that history by the way, or is it just gone? <laughs> Oh, it, no, it's 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 gone. Yeah, that that history with that title. Yep. Oh well. So IC title and US title both just fucking gone. <sighs> well, whatever. History deleted. Yep. Whatever. That's another fucking great thing. The great thing that was said. History deleted. Kill the past. Fucking Kylo Ren mode. No, but um, you know John Moxley. Look, there's a lot of he's world champion caliber. I honestly, like I said, I can't believe New Japan's not at least even had him. Has he even challenged for the world title over there yet? I don't know if he has. Like. I I don't know. I don't think so, no. I don't think he's being evented a pay-per-view for the championship. I mean, he might have I, in 2019. I, I'd have to really look. I but. would like to think that they would be smart enough to put the title on him, but I don't know. You know, like... If John Moxley wins this championship, how easy is the storyline to have Show to take it from him? Forbidden Door. It's all you do. You have him hold it's, the title. I mean, this is so easy, man. It writes itself. You can have Naito and Moxley be back-to-back shorter reigns. Right, Moxley already does a lot of the Japan shows. AW can fucking send him over there to do the do the house shows that they do uh, during May. Right, it's not the end of the world. 
Am I the only one that feels like Eddie Kingston and Brian Danielson aren't just going to wrestle one pay-per-view, that it's going to go for multiple months, and, like, you could have Brian wrestling matches over there against Eddie's idols again, like... It, you easily could, yeah. We, where, when Wheeler comes back from injury, why isn't... Wheeler, remember how fucking worthless the run they had Wheeler do in the, the Super Juniors Cup was? Like, like why have we not had Wheeler try something like that again? But, like, because I didn't think he'd go back as a junior this time, I would hope. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I'm really glad that... that- uh, I, I want to mention this during the New Japan Cup. I'm really glad Jack Perry is wrestling that cup. I, I think that's a great idea. Jack is Do we perfect- think he makes it out of the first match with a win? But dude, with how they booked their fucking, their, their literal future, I don't, I, yes, I think he could win. He shouldn't. He absolutely should not be Shooter. But I think he could. Look, dude, they just had Evil beat this motherfucker. You know? Yeah, I mean. How do you have Evil beat him? How do you keep fumbling your next up? Why but was is, the match with Yoda evil, and Yuya evil has so to bad? Be the guy that's in the fucking Yakuza or something, right? Like, I don't and know. nobody wants to turn on him. It, like, it's so weird to me. But um, let's let's hit this last bit of news here. Uh, Supercard of Honor has been announced. Um, it is April fifth in Philadelphia, so they will still be doing the WrestleMania weekend. Tickets are on sale for that. On the poster, I feel like it's always important, right? Kyle Fletcher, Athena, the Guns. Wheeler Yuta, Jay White, um, Eddie Kingston, and Mike Bennett, Matt Taven. Son of a bitch. I think Bam and Scissor Gang is continuing, and I'm really heartbroken about it. <laughs> that, that is exactly what Especially that spoke to the me. segment this week, huh? Oh, dude. I, I can't. You know what? Real quick. Kind of a cool little thing. Speaking of the Bang Bang Scissor Gang, uh, as, as dreadful as the team is, Bullet Club yeah. Gold is still awesome. Oh no! Yeah, that that section of it—they're just gonna have to break them off at some point and maybe fire the acclaim. Something, bro. something, something we can tell the podcast. Uh, this week I was I was I was working, I was working out in Orlando, and um, I went into a restaurant. Colton Gunn was there, and it, it was funny enough. Uh, he he opened the door for me, let me out. We were we were just passing by. Dude, Colton Gunn's a a big motherfucker and a handsome oh, yeah. fella. Well, yeah, of course. But it was just I so mean, cool, seen, man. It's have like you seen what Billy Gunn looked like back in the day. He you see these random guys out, though. like like I knew that those guys lived in the area that I do. But you know, it's still random to fucking see him out in the wilderness. You know, I'm I mean, like, yeah, oh, you shit. literally talk about how awesome the guy is every week, and then you see him in person. That'd be pretty yeah, fucking. It's like, like it's like what I'd the like fuck? make you do a double take. You know, like exactly. And and I just happened to be walking in as he was leaving, so I was like, oh shit. Um, but yeah, he was really cool. Um, AW has hired former WWE writer. As vice president of creative uh, of content development, Jennifer Peppermint has joined AEW. This is following her WWE departure. From what we're learning, she is close with Mercedes from their time in WWE. Uh, uh, Mercedes expect to make her debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She worked for Soap Operas, One Life to Live, and she won multiple daytime Emmys. Look, I, I, if this gets more creative storylines for the women, sure. This is the same thing I was talking about for Mercedes. This is her comfort person to come in and help her book her fucking shit on the show the way she wants it. And works and, for me. Works for I me. I mean, if that's what you need, that's what you need. You know, CM Punk had fucking Ace Steel, Ace the Biter Steel, um, who somehow it. retained a job with the company even after CM Punk was gone. You know what I mean? Um, I think that guy's still working in TNA. Um, probably. All right, the Wrestling Observer Awards. Wrestler Just of go the year. Blitz through these because yep. there's a ton. You know what I mean? Wrestler of the year, Will Ospreay. Mixed martial arts, oh. most valuable. 
uh, John Jones, most outstanding wrestler, Will Ospreay, most outstanding fighter, Islam Markachev. I'm not too caught up on UFC guys. I'll be honest, but I don't fucking know, man. Uh, Tag team of the year by a fucking god. By my fucking FPS player of the year, Wrestling Observer Awards. Tag team of the year, FTR, best on interviews, Eddie Kingston. Promotion of the year, WWE by a pretty decent margin on AEW and New Japan. Best weekly television show, AEW Dynamite. Surprisingly over Collision. I I think I would have voted Collision. Um, Pro Wrestling Match of the Year, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay at the Dome. Um, United States backslash Canada MVP, Cody Rhodes. Japan MVP, Will Ospreay. Mexico MVP, Mystico. That kind of gets to me. That's a little surprising over Vikingo. That's what I'm trying to tell you, bro. People have like, Mystico may have been like a shitter in WWE when he was in Cara, but bro, dude was actually turned his career. He's completely the guy. In, when he's he, the guy in Mexico. When he moved all those tickets that night, he was announced to that dynamite. It's like okay. This is legit. What's going to happen? That's going to be the thing that solves the hit, the fucking issues between AAA and fucking and CMLL is that they're going to have Mystico versus El Hijo de Vikingo on AEW, and it's going to fucking break all the records for all ra- like lucha wrestling ever and yes. fucking shatter the universe into a million pieces. Europe MVP, this wasn't even close. Will Ospreay with Michael Oku in second. Um, non-heavyweight MVP, El Hijo del Vikingo. Women's wrestling MVP, Rhea Ripley. With Athena in third. I who, think wait, that, who else was ahead of Athena? Julia. But she, <sighs> she it's just I I just don't think people watch our Ring of Honor, man. Fucking Rossi. To cheese, me, that's man. to me that's very disappointing. Fucking Rossi cheese. Like man. like I know Rhea's had a good year, and don't get me wrong, she's had a great year. But Athena literally carried an entire wrestling show and put on banger after banger after banger. Call her fucking Sheamus. Feud of the year, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Bloodline. Uh, best box office draw, MMA, John Jones. Best box office draw, Pro Wrestling, Roman Reigns. Most improved, Julia Hart. Most charismatic, MJF. The Brian Danielson Award for Best Technical Wrestler, Brian Danielson. Best Brawler, John Moxley. No one's even near him. Best Flying Wrestler, Vikingo. No one's near him. Most overrated by five points, Sonata. Most underrated, which I I do agree with this, uh, Chad Gable. Only by four points to the other guy I would pick as most underrated, Kanosuke Takeshita. Chad Gable is fucking incredible. Imagine that match. It would be, dude, oh my god. That match would feed families for generations. Rookie of the year, Yuma Anzai. He's, uh, he's in All Japan Pro Wrestling. I, I'd never heard of him. I did a little research. This kid's legit. Um, the number two rookie there was Action Andretti, which makes no sense. He should not fit the criteria. Uh, best non-wrestler, Don Callis. Best television announcer, Excalibur. Worst television announcer, Booker T. Uh, um, Excalibur meant, like, that probably came off like I was like, what? No, of course. Uh, Excalibur, Ian Riccoboni, and Kevin Kelly were the top three. Like I said, AEW's beyond blessed with television Riccoboni announcers. better. Worst television announcer, Booker T. That, that's fucking, that's mean. Booker T should not be the worst. It was Kevin Patrick by a mile. Um, best major wrestling show, AEW Revolution. Worst major wrestling show, WWE Crown Jewel. Best wrestling maneuver. I agree with this so much. Will Ospreay's Hidden Blade. Uh, but the number two voting was Will Ospreay Stormbreaker. Again, he's the GOAT. 
most disgusting promotional tactic. WWE enabling Vince McMahon and bringing him back in power. TKO keeping him in position of power. Bro, nothing's beaten that for like the next like decade. No. <laughs> worst television show, NWA Power. Worst match of the year, Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight. Worst feud of the year, MJF versus the Devil. Damn. If that Bro, I gotta say, it's kind of fucking damn. It's kind of fucking criminal that the last match. That, that's the last match Bray had, isn't it? I don't know if that's for the last sure. match Bray ever had. That's criminal to put that as like the worst match of the year. Even if it was, I don't think it was the worst match of the year. I think there were worse matches. Like Tyrus versus EC3 was was second, which that just sounds. Um, why, couldn't you have just given it to that match, even if you didn't really think it was the worst? Like, did you have to fucking shit on the dude's grave? That's crazy. Like, I'm not saying that should prevent you from putting it as the worst, but that's crazy. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, she's a stinker, I guess. Worst promotion of the year, NWA by a mile. Best booker, Paul Levesque by a mile. Promoter of the year. Paul Levesque. This is huge. Promoter of the year, Nick Khan. I think last year was the first year people recognized how good that guy actually that is. That pissant Khan is not even the real Khan of pro wrestling. Get the fuck out of here. Dude, but we know Tony Khan cares about these things. This should fire him up. Hopefully it doesn't fire him up to go on Twitter, but... Fire him up in the booking range. <laughs> Best gimmick, Tony Storm. Worst gimmick, the devil. Damn. Tony Storm came in third on worst gimmick as well, by the way. Yes, she did. Which, worst gimmick, QTV was second. All three gimmicks that are the worst were AEW. That's tough, man. There was Bro, a lot of... I, okay, here's the thing about AEW gimmicks. They either fucking hit like fucking crazy, like Athena or fucking like Tony crack. Storm. Yeah. Or... They don't, and it's real. Like it's just like other indie wrestling promotions that have been elevated, like AEW has been in the past. Like your TNAs, your fucking Ring of Honors. When Ring of Honor was at its heights, when it's bad, it is so amateur and just horrible and cringe. Like it's it's it's. I'm it's the only way you can put it. Like it's just the truth. Like yeah. So that's it for our news. We actually had a lot more news than I thought, but um, that's true for uh, WWE, by the way, too. And WWE was way worse. You had the fucking old day and fucking Bailey. This is your life in like the same year, I think, or at least within a couple of years of each other. Yeah, some pretty rough shit. Um, yeah. Uh, that being said, let's uh, let's jump into some some results. Where we're gonna go? Yep, Ring of Honor, Dynamite, Rampage, and then Collision, and then we got a little preview for next week. We don't have much announced as of this recording, which again. AW needs to get back to having this shit announced. But yes, let's jump into Ring of Khan, where um, I believe we opened up with Taya Valkyrie, if I remember correctly. La Vera Loca and Johnny TV. Yeah, they took on uh, Susie Love, or Susie Love, however you pronounce it. Uh, she picked up the one with the Shania Payne. This is like, a, I, I said it earlier in the show, this is basically a buy. There was a couple of matches this week that were basically a buy. Red Velvet got a buy as well with Sandra Moon, but uh, we'll get into that in a bit. Um, yeah, it's good stuff, you know, this, um, I wish we could have, I, I wish I could have believed, but, like, let me, let, let me rephrase this, I wish I would have believed that the other person had a chance in this match, but I didn't think Taya, I think Taya is either going to the finals or, like, semifinals in this tournament, one way or the other, like, um, and I, so, it's, like, it's tough. But, you know, you had to have matches like that because you want to have the competitive matches. What Rachel and Layla were able to do last week in this tournament is going to be, I think, if anything's remembered from this tournament, I hope it's that match because I can't I can't praise that one enough. But And, and I got to ask, 
How do you feel okay. about Sussy Love's first Ring of Honor match being in this tournament? Does that matter to you at all, or or the fact that she I, is? If from they like... decide to do something with these women, I'm glad that they decided to throw them into okay. this tournament. But if they're just being thrown against the wall so that you have fucking fodder to feed you, like Taya Valkyrie and Red Velvet, then so be it. But you know, like I don't think that's going to be the truth. I didn't really look at them too hard, you know. Um, they both seem to be very good at selling for the other people, so that's usually a good sign. You know what I mean? So yeah. we'll see. And, um, and we, we a, know she, yeah. she's wrestled a lot in, like, AAA, Big Lucha. So, like, she's been around, and I, I think she looked good. Yeah. But I, I had to – before the match started, I was like, man, I don't think I know who this is. <laughs> I need to do a double yeah. check. I mean, it makes sense that somebody like Tyra or Red, who is, like, not like the other people in this tournament who are all trying to establish themselves as, like, a champion for the most part. Um, yeah. Like – uh i think i think it makes sense to have them essentially get a buy now i hope the other women in the tournament don't get offended by me saying that but eh, whatever women's tournament recap happened right after that which makes sense because we just had a match in it um and they just kind of went through what the standings were after the first week in that first match and they talked about the late matches later on in the show and then we moved on to big shoddy lee johnson taking on sonico um and Sonico, Lucha, Lucha Boy, Lucha Boy, that's that's not how I would refer to him. Lucha Brother, that's what I put in my notes. Lucha Boy would be, that's what we need Brian Danielson when he comes back out in that fucking Lucha mask. And what the hell did he come out as when he did that anyway? But he needs to come out as fucking Lucha Boy. But um, he got, the, he got some chance going for him. Um, apparently, this is a guy trailer that rubs shoulders with Shun Skywalker, who is fucking extremely well-known in Japan. Um, so I, that's interesting. I guess the guy's got some fucking people. You know, um, yeah, uh, it was a good win. Uh, we picked up a win. Sorry, he picked up a like I think his third win in a row here. Did big shoddy. So Charlie, do we think he picks up a couple more soon, and we get like a title shot for this guy? Like maybe he faces Kyle. Maybe he faces um, Wheeler when Wheeler comes back. Because Wheeler, I don't think was supposed to be out for super long, right? If I don't remember correctly, right? I, look, I'd be down with that. Um, I, I would like to see Lee get on Supercard of Honor. I we got time, so yeah, get him in there. Uh, back to the women's tournament. Uh, we got Red Velvet taking on Sandra Moon. Yeah, I, I think Moon had the wrestling. She to me, Charlie. Uh, th- I did notice a little bit about this girl. She did look like a wrestler. Like she did. The other girl looked like just like you know, like a women's wrestler. But this chick to me looked like you know how the women's wrestlers kind of look in AEW. This chick had that look to me. I don't know, but like yes, um, she had like a wrestling look to her. Even her gear. I just thought she was good at selling. Um, like I said, uh, good Greg reaction, gotta... really good reaction for uh Red Velvet. Yeah, she was. I think the crowd's really liking her. I think the crowd's liking this tournament too. I think they're willing to watch this as their Ring of Honor, so I'm down with that. Um, I would have liked to see what like one of these like if they're gonna say because like I'm sure I'm not the only person that was like, oh, this is basically a buy for Red and for for Taya. If one of those people had lost, and maybe it was Red, and then Red went back to AEW and was just a regular AEW wrestler again, I think that would have been cool. But I don't think that was the plan, obviously. So, um, but I do think this tournament is cooking so far at this point in the show. So then we cut the backstage where Taya Valkyrie is like, "Ed's competition fucking sucks. Get me some better people." Yeah, All right, uh, and and I just want to add, I thought that that match was a clear example of of how far Red Velvet's come, like. She we is, used to have shit matches from her. I'm she is significantly no improved, way. and and that's dude. You're gonna get. You're gonna improve when you get these reps. And I I think Red Velvet. Look, it's been a short tourney, but this is the best match of the tourney so far. So that's, that's crazy. At. That that fucking Layla match and that Layla and that was pretty good. Uh, anyway, 
Uh, Brandon Cutler was on Ring of Honor this week with Colt Cabana taking on fucking Danhausen. Christ. Talking about a match I did zero no, percent. I'm cool about. with Danhausen being in Ring of God. Yeah, Dan Dan Danhausen can be there, but why the fuck is he wrestling Brandon Cutler? Like he's gonna <laughs> wrestle Colt Cabana next, and I'm gonna hate everything. <sighs> fucking he cursed the spray bottles of fucking uh cold spray. There's an invisible rope spot. There's PWG stuff, the fucking teeth. Get this shit off my screen. Alright. Um Athena title program got a video package that I thought was actually fucking awesome. So shout out to the fucking video package people. They fucking absolutely kill it in AEW every week. Oh, fucking next match was fun, Charlie. Viva Van versus Abaddon. Fucking Viva apparently has six belts on the indie scene, Charlie. The yeah. fuck? Nah, she she looked good too. Bring her into Ring of Honor. She Shit. looks she looks really good. You know, she definitely has that style. Fucking, I wrote some things in my notes. There's just some great brutality here from Abaddon, some good selling from Viva Van. Uh, I wrote the word Zombe, like Z-O-M-B-A-E, you know, for because I just wrote that about Abaddon, okay. you know. Um, just because that's what I was thinking about Abaddon, you know. She's, uh, you know, she's uh, pretty cute. Anyway, um, no. Um, she did a fucking, okay, so she's basically a Mortal Kombat character, Charlie, because she did, like, Sindel's Screech, and then yeah. fucking, like, did, like, and then the Black Dahlia is kind of like a fucking fatality. So, like, I... You know, and uh, Viva actually had some really, really cool offense uh, for what they did let her do. Um, but yeah, she did pick up the one with Black Dahlia. Um, so just your thoughts on this match, really. This tournament, like I said, it's been cooking. This match was also really fun. I'd like to see Viva Van back, potentially. She definitely looks like she yeah. has some interesting moves in her arsenal. Yeah, yeah, I, I dug this match. I, I was into it. Um, I, I'm with Did you, you dug Sensor Martin this match? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Every, everything you're saying about the tournament, I, I, I'm on board, man. It's, it's actually something really enjoyable to look forward to each week with ring of honor. Now that we've had it and dude, like there's a couple matches next week. I actually don't know who's going to win. And that feels awesome. Uh, honestly, that's I, the cool thing about AEW is, and this is true about ring of honor as well, for the most part, except for like the, the gimme matches that you get pretty much every week is that you can almost kind of like, if you really want to think about it that way, like, there are some situations where people should win, but like I am at a loss for who's winning that trios match on Dynamite that got made on the end of Collision. Like I've got no idea. It's it could go either way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's fucking. It makes complete sense either way. So it's like you know, it's it's fun. Um, Anthony Henry took on Ethan Page, and uh, Ethan Page is still calling out Fletcher. Uh, he was flex. You know, we had, we had uh, Anthony Henry flexing the old man's strength because he still looks great for being like forty. You know. Uh, Ethan's wrestling with a little bit of zip on, and I've talked about this with Ethan before. When he gets on these rolls of matches where he's just wrestling snug, he starts to have really, really good matches. This is what he was doing right before he had that match with Kenny, where Kenny had diverticulitis and still put on a pretty good match on fucking in Canada, you know? Yeah, where the fucking heart and soul of Canada, bud. Um, Queen Aminata cut another really, really fucking good promo, Charlie. I, I'm sorry. They got to start letting her cut promos on television pretty regularly now because this is... She might win this dude, fucking thing, man. She she might not have been planned to win this thing, but the, the promos she is cutting in this tournament and around this tournament are fucking phenomenal. It's so different than what everybody else does on promos in AEW, too. Like, I just... She is... I don't know how this chick is not, like, a top star in one of the companies already. How she's not been... I mean, I know she was in Japan, 
But like how yeah. Japan didn't lock her down to like a perma deal, I don't know. She seems like the kind of person that would fucking excel over there permanently and never have to come over here, you know, like I mean just think about it. Think think about this Queen Aminata facing off with Jamie Hader. Oh. Imagine Prime Joshi fucking Jamie Hader too when she just fucking didn't care about anything and probably was murdering people for the fucking Yakuza on the side for fucking Rossi, bro. Like Queen Queen is here and and I think uh yeah, she she might be a bracket buster, man. I, I I don't think anyone would have predicted her to win this, but now she's winning in AEW too. So, I mean, dude, she's honestly like she's one of those ones. It's like her and Brian Keith both this year, they just flipped the fucking switch. Now Brian Keith didn't lose this week, but I, who he lost to is like somebody you can lose to, and it's like okay, yeah. Um, but like, I don't know, man. There's there's like they're they're giving people opportunities right now, and if they if they take them and they run with them like it's kind of what athena did in ring of honor and i think ethan page is trying to do a similar thing in ring of honor as well when people step up and say i'm gonna be this person they fucking respond you know brian keith will be international or tnt champion by the end of this year and i believe that queen aminata will win one of the women's titles by the end of this year as well i think it's it's on them whether and their bodies whether they can keep up with the pace that they're wrestling at right now you know um which is an insane pace Queen Aminata's wrestling two or three times a week sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, I, it's got to be insane for her, you know? And for Brian Keith as well. He's wrestling a little bit lighter of a schedule, I think. Probably not much. Um, We had Robin Renegade cut uh, take on... Oh, she didn't cut a promo, sorry. She took on Billy Starks. Uh, she's wearing the bunny head, Charlie. It's fucking over. Tournament's shocked. GG's. Billy Starks wins. Um, <clears throat> And, uh... Robin's really incredible, incredibly competent, Charlie, at showing off what other people can do. And she kind of, like, builds her style around that. And you know what the comparison that I fucking wrote in my notes is? And you might actually agree with this. I, I think it's, like, similar to how Nick Nemeth has never really had, like, a definable style. But, like, has always been able to compliment what other people can do. I like that. I like that. Um, that that's a pretty good comparison. So, and it's obviously good praise for her. Um, so, I hope I hope that gets back to her somehow. But... Uh, Billy advances here. Good stuff. Uh, Billy Starks probably still winning the tournament. Ethan Page cuts another promo. This one was really good. You can feel himself getting closer to what everyone wants. Simbers, Kyle Fletcher. They made jokes out of the visa issues here, but like I thought it was actually a good way to like justify how he's not there. It sucks that he's fucking not able to get into the country right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I hope that gets figured out before. Well, everybody's Carter. having visa issues across the board, it seems like. It's fucking nuts. Yeah. Um. We had a four-corner survival match. We've got to have one of these every week, it seems like. Uh, Commander took on Exodus Prime, who you'll probably be happy to see back because it's one of those guys that you always talk about, yep. I want to say. Uh, AR I bet Fox the talent loves Sidell. these matches. Oh, fuck yeah, dude, because they just get to go out there and have whatever the hell. But Psydell gets to bleed from the mouth, you know, like fucking yep. great stuff. Great bump selling. Um, uh, was this an attempt to get Prime over? Don't know. I felt like he did kind of get over in the match, so maybe they need to bring him. They brought him in a few times. He seems like he's one of those start-stop guys in Ring of Honor. Just fucking give him an opportunity. Uh, Commander picks up a win here. Uh, Commander will probably lose to Eddie Kingston in about three weeks. Um, Billy Starks. Oh, hey, actually, hey, we know he's not showing up on fucking Ring of Honor. Well, okay. When is the pay-per-view? When, uh, that's when Commander is losing to Eddie. He's probably the contender for Eddie, right? We would have to think after uh, Brian. Let's hope Eddie think. loses this fucking thing. Jesus. Oh, my God. Uh, Brian's not showing up on no, fucking Brian Ring will of show Honor. Up. Brian will show up. Brian's got heart. Mm. I'm like that bitch Eddie Kingston. Yo! Chill. What do they call him? King alone. of the what? King of the shitters? I don't no, know. no, no, no. Hey, hey. All right. 
Uh, Billy Starks also cut a promo talking about uh, how it's her title, which I agree with. I think it is her title. I think her and Athena are going to run. Uh, I think her, her and Athena will will take both titles and they will do a fucking power twins fucking you know combine and become one fucking wrestler that is now the fucking giga wrestler that fucking takes over the universe. Um, and uh, hear me out. I don't out. know what the fuck I'm on this week. No, no, hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> this tournament, right? Billy Starks gets to the final. Athena Coster, and we run that back at Supercard of Honor, and we let Red Velvet or you know Taya win this fucking thing. Uh, you could do that, and uh, if you want to run Billy versus Athena at the pay per view again, and then have Billy win it there. I mean, hey, they. I think they were at Charlie. I think they were like this close, and I'm doing like the little fingers thing where it's like really close together, you know, because um, you can't see me. Like, I think they were that close to putting it on Billy at Supercard of Honor, or sorry, at uh, Final Battle. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think they were that close, and I think we just weren't ready yet. I think they wanted to get a little bit more out of Athena while they could. Um, and I forgot to mention, this is Ring of Honor 52. This is the, and we're at the last segment, so I guess I should bring this up. This is the fucking first, we've recruited, this is a year of Ring of Honor I've reviewed now. This time last year was the first Ring of Honor. Fucking insane to think about. They probably missed a week or something somewhere in there, but it's pretty close. The like, greatest opening episode of dude that that episode was is, they have never matched the quality except no. maybe one time and and you know what it, it probably it was a pay-per-view quality if there's any reason to get ring of honor on honor club go back and watch the first episode from a year ago it is a pay-per-view quality ring of honor show it, it is was insane fucking real how good that was we all thought ring of honor on honor club was about to be like better than AEW. it was insane like and for a little bit it was but not very long um but it was no, it wasn't better than AEW. Rampage better, but anyway, um, yeah. And Athena took on Nyla Rose in a two out of three tables match. Uh, imme- immediately, Athena was placed through a table. They were not fucking around. They were like, Nyla Rose is beating the shit out of you. You're just barely getting away with this. All right, this is not happening. You know, um, I dude, I like that Nyla was treated like a credible threat. I'm glad that we built this one year show around Athena's title reign because it's been unstoppable and it has been the thing that Ring of Honor has been built around. Um. The thing that I think Nyla did really well in this, besides bumping around really hard, which she obviously did do, the thing that she has that I think I would put, and I don't know, again, I don't know who you would comp this to, but the word I wrote was poise. She's never going to flick in any, you put her in any big match scenario against any person for any title. She's never going to flinch. She's always going to show up. She's always going to deliver. It is something that not every wrestler can do. Nyla Rose has that within her. Um... And we just got the relentless aggression from Athena. Oh, really fun spot that got Nyla through the first table. And O-Face off the rope through the table for the second fall. That's great stuff right there. First of all, never seen that spot before. I don't know if Athena's ever done that before. If she has, it must have been on the indies. Like, that's good stuff. The O-Face is kind of a weird-looking move, and this kind of acknowledges that in a way that's fun and also fucking makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's good stuff. Um, And then... Myla takes this incredible bump off the shoulders, off the apron, through the table to lose the match to Athena. Ring of Honor it was not super cooking this week. There was a couple of really solid matches. Um, I actually did not give the Four Corners match more, as much credit as I can. Matt Slidell is continuing his streak in AR Fox a couple times in a ring of, on Ring of Honor now. And these, uh, these Four Corners have been looking pretty good. And I did like what I saw from Exodus Prime. Athena and Nyla Rose tore the fucking house down in the main event. Charlie, give me your thoughts on Ring of Honor this week, and then we'll move on to Dynamite. Yeah, uh, really, really good main event angle here. Um, and, and like you said, the old face through the table, the the table right away. Dude, you want to talk about 
guaranteed reactions for the crowd, you throw out a table match. It's that easy, man. The crowds will eat this shit up. I have loved Athena's title reign. I'm really excited for Queen Aminata and Taya Valkyrie next week. Um, it was who, yeah that that could be Ring of Honor Women's Match of the Year. Like if there's going to be yeah, a separate one, and, and Red Velvet be, but... uh, is facing uh, uh, Layla, right? So yeah, man, um, those are going to be heat. That that's going to be really good with uh, just enjoy, uh, this tournament kicking ass, man. The women's Renaissance, like we we dubbed last week. Um, all right, let's jump into Dynamite, right? Um. It's a little bit of a, uh, a different dynamite in the sense that we didn't know a lot that was on the show. <laughs> uh, we opened up with Excalibur welcoming us all. Um, FTR versus John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli. So, uh, right off the bat. A different week, this would be one of our favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, this was really, really well done. We had the 20-minute time limit. And um, uh, like a lot of people, also a little caught off surprised when Justin Roberts announced the five minutes remaining. Is this- too close to the most recent time limit draw that we had. Is it too close? Hey, I'll t- I'll be honest. In the moment for me, I was a little disappointed this went to a time limit draw. It should have been like a. D- I was a little I mean, disappointed it did because it should have been too close. Um, <laughs> it, it like now that a, a nearly a week has passed, I'm like, okay, I see why they did it again. I don't want to rely they, they can't, on these. They can't overuse it. They can't exactly. overuse it. We, we don't want to rely it can't, it can't on time limit draws. For records. It can't be a bailout for records because if it should be on the records, it should be both teams lose. That should be how it goes on your records or nobody gets a win. That's how it should work. It shouldn't be like a tie and when you get like half a win. Like, no, this isn't fucking the NFL where that matters. Like, you know, like. And like, we had really we good spots. We can't have Wardlow with... having nine and a half points and fucking Kanosuke Takeshi having seven and a half and being the number one contender. We can't have that. No, Wardlow never counts. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, we'll just have to see, uh, I'll tell you what, if we get another time limit draw this week, man, we might have to have a conversation. By the way, do we have rankings for this week? I don't even fucking remember if I looked at them. Um, I don't know if I saw them announced or anything. Oh no. Are they dead already? <laughs> Maybe they are. Fuck it. Let's go. Uh, but yeah, now this, uh, FTR was about to win that and, and the bell rang. They start beating the shit out of each other again. It's whatever. It, it, in the moment, I, I'll be completely honest and say I was disappointed. But I, if they hadn't just done it, I would care more. But like they like just why can't it. FTR just win this? Why can't the Combat Club just win this? Like because they had to have a reason to fight at the pay per view. <sighs> yeah, you just do the same exact post match angle. You have the guys that lost be fucking salty. I know, I know. It's so frustrating because you do that post-match angle and you realize, yeah, you could have just done that. And that would have not required you to do this match at all. And then have them absolutely did not need to go to fucking. But you know what? We got a really good fucking match out of it. It ended in a fucking unfortunate manner, but it was a really, really, really good match. We should at least talk about that because we didn't end up putting it as a favorite. So we should give it at least a little bit of praise. Exactly. Exactly. It's an FTR match. I mean, what do you expect? It's got fucking John Moxley and Claudio Casanova. FTR crushed this week. Both matches. (laughs) Um. Do but, we think every member besides Wheeler of the of the Blackpool Combat Club will have a year where they win Wrestler of the Year from one of us? Like, do you think Claudia will ever have that year? I hope so. I hope he does. He just doesn't really get a lot of singles matches anymore, which is weird. It's just one of those things. I mean, it's he's swimming in the land of 
of some of the greatest wrestlers of a generation. So his match with Eddie was among my favorite pay per view matches of last year. If it hadn't been yeah. on Ring of Honor, it probably would have been. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we see footage of the Rev Pro where Orange Cassidy was defending his title. Um, Renee is, is backstage with Orange Cassidy. She runs down his history, uh, talking about the best friends in the kingdom. Um, matches along the way. Texas Death Match. She turns to the doctor. Said, unfortunately or fortunately. Cassidy has met minimal medical clearance, so he's cleared. She said that's insane, but the doctor said what he can do. Cassidy is minimally cleared. Trent Beretta apparently not cleared. Cassidy said he'll take his match with Mac- Mike Bennett tonight. Wait, wait, wait a minute, though. Like, I'm pretty sure the doctor, if he was like, you're barely cleared, he could say, but you probably still couldn't wrestle, and he wouldn't be able to wrestle. I'm pretty sure, like, that's how medical authority works, isn't it? Like, yeah. what, like? Yeah. Um, another backstage segment. Marvez is backstage with FTR. Said they were 10 more seconds away from winning that match. He's about to lay out the challenge for uh, Revolution when Claudio and, and Moxley came in. They argued, and nothing was officially set as of this moment. International or Orange Cassidy defeats Mike Bennett. Um, we have to clarify something from last week. The title was not on the line um, with the Matt Taven match. Uh, I went back and was re-listening to the beginning of our show last week, and we thought the title was on the line. The uh, title was not on the line. It was not on the line tonight as well. Um, so just a little, little, uh, clarity from last week for us, just in case we, uh, well, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. Just in case we, uh, let some people misinformed. Like, why not? What difference would it make? Like what? It, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, this was a, this was a squash match pretty much. Mike Bennett looked fine. Orange Cassidy looked good as always. Um, the main thing here is Jake Hager returned as a baby face and he got the hometown pop laid out the boys. And they announced him for a Rampage match. Okay. Hager and Orange Cassidy, I don't like it on paper, but I can be one over. So, nah, I mean, he's a big dude. He could, I mean, just, he would just be the big. Is this just and, the case of the hometown pop, or is Jake Hager a babyface? No, then? no, I think Jake Hager's genuinely going to join the best friends, 1,000%. I Ooh. think he will be the, the big guy in the best friends. I think it'll be Trent, Rocky, Orange Cassidy, Chuck, and and the big guy, and and, and Jake. I could be wrong about that, and they could decide. He might, not to he do might it, help uh, when, when you know, if our pitched ba- best friends feud last week, he he could help uh, align on yeah, both sides. Could, he could be orange guy. He could either line up with the new guys, or you know, like maybe Trent and Orange stay and like Rocky yeah. and and I don't know. I don't know if I'd want a team with Rocky, and but if they're gonna break up Rapungi Vice for some reason, like or it could be Rapungi Vice versus Orange and and, and Jake Hager, and that that match will probably be good. You know, like so. Renee is backstage with Angela Parker. She's asking about his date tonight with Ruby Soho. He's excited. She walks in wearing a dress. Parker asks if she's ready to go. A car pulls up. Soho asks, is that for them? He said, no, I, I got a lift. They leave. To see be Rick- honest, it could have been a lift. I'm, I'm we sorry. See- Maybe not a lift. It could have at least been an Uber or something. <laughs> yeah, right. We see Ric Flair getting out of the car. We cut to commercial. We come back. Another backstage segment. Renee Paquette is interviewing. She's asking Ric Flair about Sting's final match of Revolution. Flair said he doesn't care who likes it. He's upset. He's not a part of bigger things. He's upset at Sting, but disappointed he hasn't come around. He isn't upset at Sting, but he's disappointed he hasn't come around for three or four weeks. I, I, I did I not fucking call this dude like so, fucking weeks ago? Didn't I not say that Ric Flair always betrays everyone whenever he's supposed to be on their side? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, we ended up. Seeing, I can't believe Ric Flair didn't betray Andrade. Yeah, he never even had a fucking interaction. That, that, they didn't acknowledge each other's existence. Ric Flair uh, wasn't on the show a single time when Andrade was, except one time, and they didn't acknowledge each other. I think. 
Um, we see him walk into the Young Bucks locker room. They close the door. The Buckaroonies. <laughs> so is he gonna is he gonna pull a William Regal and cheat on the Bucks' behalf so they win the titles? Is that what's happening? Yeah. And then we get yet another talking segment. Tony Schiavone welcomes Daniel Garcia to the ring. Wait, did we really have three in a row? That's crazy. Oh, dude, this is like fucking six in a row. Uh, no, take, no, no. You take no. out the Orange Cassidy squash match. This we have like six or seven in a row. Yikes. Yeah. No, I was feeling it by this point. And um th- this is it's not over after this, by the way. And you were fucking Mr. Krabs in it? That's crazy. Uh Christian Cage um and Daniel Garcia. Speaking have their, of fucking Mr. Krabs. They have their promo. Um Shivani informs Garcia he will receive a TNT title match against Cage at Revolution. He got some you deserve a chance. He thanked the crowd, said a few months ago he's at the lowest on his losing streak, but at the end of the Continental Classic, all he needed was three seconds. And winning his final match changed his life. Every time he got down on himself, the fans picked him up, and Garcia thanks them for restoring his confidence. Ah, so that's why Kyle Fletcher got to Sky Blue and not him, because the only last three seconds got it. Hey! He <laughs> said he's about to make Copeland tap out. Promises they weren't the last time they'll see one another. He has a message for Christian Cage. And the Patriarchy's music hits. Uh, Christian says, Adam Copeland will never have another shot at the TNT title, and the only reason Garcia was in harm's way last week was was because of Copeland. He said he doesn't believe he should wrestle Garcia at Revolution, as Garcia isn't ready. He said Garcia's constant distractions, like dancing and catering to fans, is what will keep him from being great. He said he knows about Garcia's dark childhood. He brings up Jackie Garcia from Buffalo, who is married to David Garcia, Daniel's father, who is dead. Ah, shit, not again. And we're going to start looking at everybody that threatens to have a few with Christian Cage to see he if they have gives a out an address. Father. He gives out an address. Sean Rossap looked up where the address is. It's a fucking graveyard. It's a graveyard in Buffalo. He said it'd be a fairy tale anyway. Christian for Cage is not just going to hell. He's going to the bottom pit of it. You know, like. He said it'd be a fairy tale ending. For Garcia, Garcia to win the TNT It's going to be him, Ric Flair, and Vince McMahon down there together. Yeah. Uh, tribute to his – win the title for a tribute to his father. But they both know his father was a piece of crap, loser alcoholic. Unlike his father, Cage doesn't want to hurt Garcia. He wants him to realize his full potential. And then as he does that, Nick Wayne flashes his father, Christian Cage's My Father shirt. Do you think that this is kind of like almost like therapy for some of these wrestlers, right? Doing this stuff with Christian Cage, talking about the issues that they've had to suffer with MJF. Like MJF does a similar thing too. Like I wonder if it's like therapeutic for these people. The catharsis. He says, I don't want to be your opponent. I want to be your father. He said if Cage, Garcia then fucking heated up, fired up. If Cage mentions my mother again. uh I I fucking, I cut off what I was going to write here. Uh, oh, well, he said, right, you, you, like fucked to, up. you like to bring up his father, come to the ring and he'll put Cage in the ground right next to him. Um, Cage then nods to Nick Wayne, the boy who hit the ring, immediately put in the dragon tamer. Kill switch was next, came to the ring, but was loved from behind by Matt Menard with a chair. Fuck yeah. Menard Garcia stood tall in the ring with chairs. Cage said he doesn't want to so hurt Garcia. So are we getting Daniel Garcia? Are we getting Daniel Garcia and Maddie, Daddy Magic versus Killswitch and Nick Wayne in the next two weeks or next Probably week? I mean. That sounds like an easy collision match. Book it. Thomas Tony Storm defeats Sidney Winnell. This was a uh, Storm is introduced as hailing from Stage Seven at Warner Studios. Tony's the goat. Uh, corner splash, running bulldog, sweet cheek music, Storm Zero. You know the vibes. Um. 
She applied the break a leg. And then she stopped. And then she applied the Venus de Mayo for the submission, taking a page out of Deanna Prozzo's playbook. First of all, terrible name for an ankle lock. Just going to say it now. But um, but the Venus de Mayo, man. Come on. No, that's a good one. That's a good yeah. submission. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, this match is going to fucking potentially, like, it's a joke. It sounds like a joke, but this could actually steal the show at the pay-per-view, like, unironically. Like, these two have been putting on, like, good matches. What happens when they put on a technical masterpiece on a show Daniel Bryan's on? Br- fuck, it's because I said it earlier. Bryan Danielson's <laughs> on. What happens when they put on the best technical match? People lose their uh, shit. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I mean... Because Danielson and Kingston is not going to be a technical match. That's going to be a brawl. Nah, nah. It could be It could be both. Let, let Eddie cook. Nah, it's going to be a brawl. Eddie's a fan of All Japan. What's All Japan built on, man? They do a lot of that shit, you know? Gonna, yeah, he's going to do his fucking Motor City machine gun fucking chops. Hey. All right. All right. And then we jump into our second women's match of the night, which is doesn't happen on Dynamite often. Deanna Prazo takes on the defeats Madison Rain. You leave okay. Chris Saban alone. All right. So... Uh, this was Madison Rain's first match in AEW in over a year. Commentary talked about how she's one of Deanna Prazo's mentor. Okay, that was all fine on paper. Okay, this this was not great. Um, and there was actually a fucking bump that Madison took on her head, which then they replayed as the TurboTax move of the night. I cringed so hard. I I I couldn't believe it. I'm like. No! Because they was clearly pre-planned. And I think someone did the move wrong. Okay. Um, Look, Madison's had an incredible career. Right? Multi-time Impact Knockouts champion. She is now the backstage... I believe she's the producer. She's the trainer. Like, she does great stuff backstage for the women in AEW. Um... I hope she's okay after the bump on her head, but man, this was not the best match I've ever seen. I'll just say that. Um, it was one of the matches on Dynamite it, of all time. It was one of the matches on Dynamite, and you know what? Uh, after the match, um, uh, Deanna I uh, won with the uh, with the ankle lock, I believe, the break a leg. Or was it the Storm Zero? I think it was the break a leg. Um, to a quick tap. Um, while she was walking up the stage, they did a really cool black and white thing with Peraza and uh, and Tony Storm. So I was cool with that. Yeah, that's what makes this feud feel so like important. Like they're doing crazy shit with the graphics like that. Like you know, like it feels like I don't know, like a comic book villain fighting like a comic book superhero. Yeah, no, no, you know it, it feels. If, I, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, woo, woo. Um. Just for the state of putting facts here, this is the worst rated match of uh, Deanna Prazo's career on Cage Match. That's so, pretty brutal. You guys can take that for what you will, and I'll let. Uh, if you happen to miss this match, um, don't worry. I about don't it. think you missed much. Yeah, don't worry about it. All right. More talking. I actually skipped over an interview segment. It was uh, Renee with RVD, Hangman, and Hook. Nothing of consequence was said. There was here. literally nothing in there other than we're in a match. Wow. Yep. Hey, I want to steal Nana's weed. No, look, I don't want to be that guy, but there was way, way too much fucking talking tonight. And, you and talk and, too much. And and I know it's like, oh, well, what do you, you only care about? What do you not care about the stories? Look, man, you could have fucking done this 18,000 different fucking ways. And I just, it actually dragged down the show. 
And luckily, I believe one of the best promo of the night was near last, which I think is up next after this. Um, we hear from Darby Allen and Sting. Um, they said material objects uh, we chase. We think defi- uh, they don't define us. They don't mean a thing. He shows pictures of Sting's sons with his dad at the same age as the Young Bucks children are right now. Darby said the only thing that matters in the end is family. Sting walked into the shot. He agrees. All his years in wrestling, no one's ever messed with his family until the Bucks. A lot has been going on over the last year for his family, including losing his father, which happened last week. He makes him think of his own mortality. He used to think he was invincible, but time catches up to everyone, catching up with him for sure. He realizes he's not invincible, but realizes everything he has left in him. He's bringing a revolution. The Bucks have a fight on their hands. It's a fight of their lives. This was fucking remarkable. Oh, yeah. Sting's been killing it with these oh, promos. Unbelievably great. This this match is going to be awesome. And every the, the promo package to the match is going to be excellent. Because you know what? We've built a legit program with these two. And, and I'm very excited for it. Up next. It feels like when they announced, I know that we couldn't. I know we had a different path in mind before the Young Bucks got, like, seated in, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. But... Like, I I wish we had just done this as a long-term story. I guess they just didn't want to risk Sting getting hurt, you know what I mean? But, like... Yeah, but, yeah. And the story's been fun, man. When you do when you do backstage segments like that, that builds a fucking program. Not the fucking horse shit promo right, bef- right before the women's matches. That hangman one. That was so stupid. <laughs> that was so stupid, man. And there's, an, uh, there's, there's one on Rampage. Angry but... hangman. I'm not mad. And then we get into this. Wardlow has saved his fucking career, and he did it again by talking. Okay. Shivani brings him out. He's pissed off. He told Shivani to get the fuck out of my ring. You think I'm kidding? I am. He didn't say that. But, you know, moving on. In my head, he said it. He told Shivani that he needed to get lost before he turned him into a fucking piss sand, fucking said, piss missile. He said, fucking... get, the, get the fuck out of my ring before I knock you on your old ass again. And I was like, okay. All right. Wardlow's starting off hot. Two years ago, thousands of people were chanting his name in a matter that hadn't been heard of or seen in decades. The rocket strap, apparently the rocket strapped to his back was put upside down. He's been screwed time after time again. He said, you'd think, one of the homegrown megastars would have been a champion a long time ago, but he's never received a world title shot, which is horse shit. He should have something people in the back should be thrown in jail for. Did he write this or did we hold on federal jail? He said he brought up the best in the world and the real world champion whose body is still falling apart because of him. He brought up how he squashed MJF like no one else has. And he mentions choking Samoa Joe out and how suits and shiny titles look a lot better on him than Joe. He's the uncrowned king of AEW. And it's time he starts eating like one. Every He's everything a world champion is supposed to be. And if anyone wants to get in his way, this is no longer wrestling. This is... <laughs> Dude, I fucking popped. This was fucking awesome. Fucking play the music, you goddamn animal. Dude, this was fucking incredible. Uh, it's not gonna work. But, um... You son of a... Dude. This was perfect. He acknowledged the last three world champions. He's beat the shit out of them. Dude, he can cut these great promos. And that last fucking bar that he did, 
his cadence was delivered perfectly. I think Wardlow just saved his own ass. I think I there really was a do. big risk of putting Wardlow in the world title division uh, ahead of Adam Cole because of the injury, that there was going to be like a problem, that this group was going to feel like secondary like it has. And like I feel like maybe this can help people to get on board with it a little bit more. But I Absolutely. still think I still think there's going to be people that question it because there always is, you know, because people there's going to be people. I think the problem is, and this is the this is the thing that Tony Khan's going and and Wardlow are going to have to live with for the rest of their lives, is that I think that they've created Wardlow doubters now for Matt forever because they've already seen what happens. So, and it's very unfortunate and, for and, him. And, and here's the thing, right? Let's say we put him in the world title scene against Joe next. We need to do it immediately following. Um, because it would probably have to be against Joe. I don't want it to well, be against Swerve. Big business. Just do it at big business. Right. Because if you don't, you got Will Ospreay coming in. Kenosuke Kestra's on the rise. You got people like Kenny potentially coming back. You've got um, you know, you got all kinds of people that are going to be in this division this year. I I don't see the space that Wardlow fills if we don't get it pretty quickly. So I think that's probably something you need to do pretty soon if you're going to do it. We jumped to uh, comments from the Bang Bang Scissor Gang following their 12-man victory on Rampage. Daddy asked apologizes for running into Switchblade Jay White during their match. White said it's fine. He suggests he, Austin Gunn, and Daddy Ass are the Collision Cowboys this Saturday. Owen said it doesn't matter the combo. Everyone loves the acclaimed. Bang Bang. We jump into another talking segment where Renee is backstage with the Don Callis family. He's asking Callis if he needs any more thoughts on how the match between Will Ospreay and Dikesha will affect the family after Revolution. Cal said it'll help them big time, as win or lose, the best wrestlers in the world are still a part of the family. Cal is on his way to the UK to pick up Osprey himself to bring him to Revolution. Called Sammy Guevara a fly in the ointment and a little cuck who Meat Madness Powerhouse Hobbs with himself will deal with on Rampage. Are you a cuck Meat if you fucking... just had a child? I don't know. Uh, no, you could, yeah, absolutely, because cuck is just, you're just like watching your wife get fucked by other people, basically, you know? Yes, but I mean, he's still, you know. You could no, you could have a kid and be a cuck, hundred percent. I just, still you know. went down to Georgia, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I think that was thirteen talking segments. No, I'm exaggerating, but dude, it was too much. Let's yeah. Main event time: Trio, Samoa Joe, Swerve, and Brian Cage defeat hey, Hangman hey, Adam Page, Hook, and Rob wasn't Van Dam. shit on Rampage to talk about, so you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, um, Hook wants to start against Joe. Um, Joe slammed him multiple times. Uh, yeah, it, this is pretty fun, man. I mean, look, it was just fast paced. Um, Strickland and RVD had some fun stuff. Hangman barking orders. Huh. I don't think they know what they want to do with Hangman because they had what was effectively a double turn between him and Swerve, right? And they just decided not to lean into it, which is fine. You can do that sometimes and get away with it. But it feels like even Hangman knows. This feels like a moment in his career that's pivotal. That if he doesn't really turn heel or turn at least tweener here, that it's gonna, it's gonna look weird storyline wise later down the road. But, um, I, I, yeah, it, it did what it needed to do though. I think this match. Yeah, yeah, it was perfectly fine. It, it was fun. It was a good main event, and um, yeah, uh, I thought it just it just played in all the storylines very well. I think the right team won. Uh, we get into AW Rampage, where we open up with a trio's match of Penta El Miedo, Commander, and Brian Keith, defeating Private Party and Matt Seidel, as well as Top Flight and Action and Dreddy. <laughs> Much like many Rampages, it started off hot with a match like this, and then it just it went on from there. Yeah, tr- you know, 
three ma- three way match. We had all the traditional tags. Um, it's just you know handsprings from everything you'd want as you'd expect out of this match. It happened. Uh, private party uh, at one point went for the chin and juice on Penta. He countered that with a destroyer. Commanders taking people out, and yeah, uh, private party and um. What was it? No, it was Private Party and Matt Hardy before. That's what I was thinking of. Um, Hardy Party. Yeah. Uh, Brian Keith got a win. So this is pretty cool. It sets up a, a nice win in his column before he faced Malachi Black the next day. Renee Piquette, she's trying to interview Harley Cameron and Saraya about Ruby Soho and Angela Parker. Saraya would rather talk about her brother, Zodiac Zack Knight, who was all elite. He could have been Ruby's, but she was ready to fix up Zack and Ruby, but she went with Parker instead. Saray announces things are about to get really spicy around here. I I just really like the interviews with Cameron and and Soraya. I I think they have really good chemistry together. And you know what? Zach Knight, every time he was on Ring of Honor, he did well. So I'm perfectly fine with this. And let's see where where it goes. Because, again, Saray is kind of a mainstay on Rampage. So fucking Harley Cameron being treated like a fucking unfixed house cat is hilarious. Um, yeah, no, it's a good vibes. It's it's a train wreck every time, but it's enjoyable to watch. I mean, it's kind of like how QTV was. Like, she would say some fucking out-of-pocket shit every week, and it was like, that's what you were tuned into QTV for, you know, like, or Aaron Solo being coy, you know, like. Executive Vice Presidents Matthew and Nicholas Jackson, the Young Bucks versus Johnny Lyons and Cappuccino Jones. Cappuccino Jones, I knew, got both of our attentions because that name is incredible. That had to be a rib on Taz. Oh, 100%. Cappuccino Jones. The guy definitely doesn't wrestle under <laughs> that regularly. No shot. The main story of this is the Tony Khan driver is the new Meltzer driver, and it finished off Cappuccino Jones. After the match, Matthew Nicholas brings Shivani into the ring. Apologize for almost attacking him last week. How great did that work out that Meltzer didn't give Tony Khan the Booker the award this year as well? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. And uh, they give him a $25 gift card. But he still has to pay the $1,000 fine. They were sorry for beating up for beating Darby Allen and staying a revolution. Shivani interviews Sammy Guevara in the ring. Calls out Powerhouse Hobbs. Callus and his shoes came out instead. Callis tried to distract Guevara so Hobbs could run from behind him. Guevara caught Hobbs with a super kick, smacked him around the steel chair, went for the GTH. Hobbs murdered him. Lariat, spinebusters, crowd chants one more time. Hobbs gives him the world's most dangerous slam. <laughs> I read this thing. Someone said they hope they put Guevara in the Meat Madness match. I mean, you gotta <laughs> have your small meat represented too, you know? Like, Hey! Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sky Blue and Julia Hart cut a dark promo. I, I, you think you were watching the Kenobi show? You couldn't fucking see shit. Um, but she buried three graves. Cool. I think that cool. fits with them. Yeah, it does. Mariah May takes on and defeats Anna J. Um, dude, Anna J looked really solid this match. Like Mariah May looked really good as always, but sometimes we know with Anna J, it can be a little hit and miss. And I thought she looked pretty good here. Uh, a really good fast neckbreaker. She was selling very well. Um. Uh, the Mayday was hit for the pinfall. This, to me... T- tough spot for Anna Jay, because Anna Jay is a way is. more established star, but we need Mariah to pick up wins like this, so... Yeah, yeah. You know, no, Ruby no. Soho will lose to Mariah May at some point, too. You know what I mean? It's, it'll suck, but it, she's going to do it at some point. 
Um, how long do we think before Mariah May is the contender for Timeless Tony Storm? Because I don't think Deanna Perrazzo... Well, it, Deanna Perrazzo could beat her, actually, and then that could be a match you do without Yeah, no, it, it, it all depends on what, what the angle is with Perrazzo. Um, yeah, if Perrazzo I gotta imagine the title, that the, probably these odds are pretty close. Mariah May. Yeah, if, if yeah. Perrazzo wins the title, which I think could possibly happen at Revolution, it feels like the kind of thing you would do there. Um, where is Revolution at this year, by the way? One of the Carolinas. Okay. Um, ooh, FTR should probably win that. But especially because fucking, you know, Cash is going to jail probably the next day or something, you know, like. Yeah, um, fuck, no kidding. Um, um, but no, I mean, like, um, I think, uh, I think Anna J did a really good job here of, uh, of setting Mariah May up. I, I, to... I even messaged you before I watched this match. I'm like, this, this is a big match Can for Anna Jay. Oh, she needs the, she needs the. Because we we know how good Mariah is and how good Mariah can make everyone. And we know, and we know how inconsistent Anna can be, like you said. Like it's not that she's bad; she just isn't like spectacular. She like there's like if you go back like three or four weeks, probably on the show there was a match Anna J had where she just like her offense just didn't look like it did anything. She does that every now and then. I don't know what happens, but she just has these weird matches every now and then. And this was not that. Though. It's 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 this. I, yeah, yeah. Um. Renee's backstage with our last interview of the night. She interviews Ruby Soho and Angela Parker. Soho, they they had a good time. You know, hey, hey, and you know what? We can have some romance in wrestling. It's okay. It works. Nope, ban it forever. We can have there comedy in wrestling. Obliterate have, it and let my soul be ripped to shreds by Brian Danielson's chops. We can have we can have murder in wrestling. You name it. Wrestling can be. Let me have Minoru Suzuki murdering people with chops. I I can't have this fucking bullshit. Get it out of my wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. But wrestling is a romance, and um, Soho and no, nah, I don't want romance. I want wrestle fucking. <laughs> yeah, they're setting up something here. Is this a a mixed tag we're setting up between between Zodiac Zach and Soraya versus Ruby and Parker? Is this a one on one between Soho and, and Soraya? Look, keep an eye out for that. It's, something's going to be happening next week. If they do what I think they maybe are potentially doing with, because I have no idea why they decided to just do this like singles thing with Angelo out of nowhere. If they think he might have it as a single star, and maybe he's actually like a fucking technical wizard that we don't know about, you know? I, mean, I think yeah, Matt you, can, you can separate him and Matt for a little bit. Let Matt. Be I think they're both. Danny. They were both singles wrestlers probably before they met each other. I would assume, or if they already already knew each other, like they probably. I mean, to be a tag team wrestler, you have to be able to at least wrestle a little bit of singles, just not. But you may you have can, you can raise the stock up right now, and eventually, when they reunite with a trio, and you can have Ruby in the group as well. Maybe Danny's TNT champion. Look, yeah, that 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 could be a great reunion to yeah. have. Take take a little break from the group. Let them build up their own characters. God, the vibes of that fucking quad, uh, just backstage sitting in a segment. Ruby just fucking and Angelo just like staring at each other, fucking just having like a great time. Fucking and Daddy Magic and fucking Danny just fucking planning shit out. Like that sounds awesome. Give me that. Come on. JS rejects. Let's go. The 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 star of the rampage main event, Hornsby, the mascot of the Tulsa Drillers. Um, Roderick Strong defeated Jake Hager. I got to tell you, man, the hat gimmick worked. The, the, there was some some shenanigans going afoot, and uh, Orange Cassidy makes a save. The hat returns to Jake Hager like a fucking superpower in the night. He gets fucking resurrected. Yeah, that fucking. That mega mushroom from fucking Mario, bro. And he uh he goes nuts, but it all ends up losing to Roderick Strong, which is the right call. Roddy should be winning this match. And look, Rampage was kind of an easy watch, man. I I liked Rampage this week. 
So yeah, it wasn't burning the house down, but it opened with a fun no. little like lucha lucha match yeah. and closed with a and, nice. And I little thought all the backstage segments on Rampage worked squash for me. essentially. I mean, it was a squash of a big guy essentially for Roddy. I mean, they didn't. I mean, he got yeah, there was shenanigans, but whatever, you know. He was getting his ass beat until that fucking hat came out, man. It's like that fucking mushroom power up in Mario, bro. I'm telling you. Yeah. So uh, tickets to Collision episode 35, where we covered fucking a quarter of the show. You're wrong. It's 34 because we didn't have an episode last week. You son of a... Oh. All right. Um, Sammy Guevara and Powerhouse Hobbs broke the fucking universe into pieces. Claudio Castagnoli and John Moxley also did so in a promo. I actually really liked this promo segment. John's on his shit again. John Moxley, and I get it. He's a dude from Ohio, so he probably doesn't have much to do. But dude just loves to talk shit. It's great. He also loves to talk himself up. Like, he started doing this, like, the last couple of years where he just... Bigs himself up, and he just makes him sound like the greatest wrestler. He makes himself sound like the greatest wrestler of all time, which I know he said in interviews he thinks that he is or he thinks that he could be. He knows he's not like Brian Danielson or whoever, you know, but like he knows in his head that to go out there and be the guy he needs to be, he needs to think that, you know what I mean? So, or something along those lines. So that shit was great. And I love, they did the thing again, Charlie. Collision, God, Collision is just a better show. Collision rolled straight from the fucking promo talking about FTR with Claudio Castagnoli and John Moxley called them out for them. You know, I guess really more accepted the match that FTR called them out for at Revolution. And we rolled straight into FTR versus STP, which Charlie FTR did again twice in one week on two different shows. They had fucking banger matches against two different teams that are really good and really technically based and really sound and just fucking insane and strength and just monstrousness and fucking... God, Lee Moriarty is just so underrated, man. Unbelievable. Um, You know what I was actually thinking about while watching this match, Charlie? Is that STP, when I thought about this when they were in the ring with FTR, are almost kind of a similar, like, they they, they, as a tag team, kind of similarly complement each other in the same way that FTR do. You have this sort of, like, super athletic freaking cash, right? And that's, like, who Lee would be in this situation. And then this really, really sounded, and Lee would also acquire both of these, but a shade is... Yeah, like, I know, I that's, that's the hard thing about under, Lee, because un- he's underrated. so fucking good. <laughs> he's, he's so technically good, but I think we uh, Shane gets underrated for that sometimes. It's been shown in some of the matches that he's had. Um, no, you but have essentially, these, like, it's the dynamic. But Shane's also have... like an expert, I, I guess, because Dax to me is an expert tag team wrestler. Yeah. He probably wouldn't describe himself, he wouldn't describe himself probably as a technical wrestler. He's a tag team expert, really, at the end of the day, and so is Cash. And I think STP kind of, in a similar way, complement each other. Um, and they both complement each other stylistically. And Charlie, this match fucked. It was fun. They had a Steiner esque finish, and then Cash Wheeler called them both of them, him and Dax, cockroaches, said they were not going to die. And then Dax said he was going to become the King Slayer. Well, he didn't say that, but that's basically what he said. He's going to kill the king to become the king. He's the King Slayer. Um, I am. Thunder Rosa should be getting more time. She took on Later Bird Moreau, and it was pretty much over quickly. Uh, put her against Mariah May, please. Thank you. All right. Um, any any they, thoughts on Thunder Rosa? Why are they match? so slow with the Thunder Rosa stuff right now? Because she's probably just trying to like ease back into it because she came off a of fucking back surgery. But I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I, I see. I, I actually agree with that. Which is probably a smarter move. Like, it's not the like Tijuana Adam Copeland and Soraya. Sounds like something that you think might about see Adam on the Copeland, news one day. Soraya, Brian Danielson have probably all been for the entire time that they've been gone, essentially been working on getting back in one way or another, either whether it's rehabbing their their necks to begin with, or and back injuries have to be especially like long term, like not treated back injuries have to be one of the worst things that you can let happen to you, and like the recovery on that's probably not like easy. And she may just wrestle different now. That happens sometimes. We've seen it happen to wrestlers before. Uh, thankfully. As fuck, that didn't happen to Dante with his ankle because that's the kind of thing that could have ruined his career. Oh, you know? but like, yeah. 
Uh, we cut the backstage where Willow and Stat were backstage with Stokely, and uh, Stoke was just fucking again his out of pocket self, uh, talking about fucking crazy shit, trying to fucking call people hoes and shit. Um, but he got cut off by Willow, and he's like, "Nah, I forget what he said, but he said some other shit besides hoes." He's like, "Uh, um, it's something that made sense." Uh, but uh, then Stat just cuts in and says, "I'm gonna beat your ass to uh to Julia or uh or Sky, whichever one of them steps up." So we got yeah, match Sky, So Sky Blue versus Statlander, I believe, on Collision next week. It's not okay, official, but... That. but that'll probably be a match. That makes sense. Then we had the Bang Bang Scissor Gang take on the Iron Savages, and fucking Max Caster just fucked it up, man. What I have the not, fuck I, was that, man? Has he ever done that before? Like maybe No, once? and you know what? I think it's a sign of, of what they've done, man. It's, He's it's, not in on the fucking, like, Are on these motherfuckers thing. seriously not going to defend their titles at the pay-per-view? Like, are we actually serious uh, right now? I think this group's going to get fucking... God damn it! Fuck <sighs> you! Maybe they'll play into you know what if they're smart, this is what they'll do. They'll have Jay roast him for it, and that'll be the start of the collapse, and then they'll make the match for the pay-per-view. Fuck that. Have him execute Billy Gunn. Jesus Christ, that'd be crazy. I'm talking card blade returns and just fucking Card Blade. Slices open his fucking throat. Now card blade would do that. And outpours card- jelly. And you know, it's you know jelly. not actually And then he's resurrected <laughs> and then he's resurrected as like the fucking Aswell. <laughs> Part two. The Aswong part two. Jesus Christ. The Aswong fucking tag team. Fucking please. No, no, no. Just just please, <laughs> please do this match on the pay-per-view. Let's let's no Nigel joke. said let's end this Wednesday. Please. Nigel said the Bang Bang Scissor Gang sounds like something you have to pay for on OnlyFans to see. Why is Nigel um, on that website? I'm telling your fucking wife. His wife's probably on that website. No, I'm just kidding. Imagine. <laughs> Donnie and Brian Keith took on Malachi Black. This match was fun. Uh, Malachi Black had his first singles match in like fucking 75 fucking decades in AEW. Since June um, of 2022. That's crazy. That's insane. Um, Almost went two years without having a Malachi Black singles match. That's criminal. Um, But I uh, picked up a win here against Brian Keith, who I think is going to be on a roll here after this. I think it's just a bad, you know, match to get. Uh, the big story here is Mark Briscoe gets a spooky on, gets the fucking lights go out after this match here, and then the kendo stick comes out, and then the steel spike gets stuck into the turnbuckle, so he was trying to murder Malachi Black. Um, lots of murder on this on this edition of, of, of AEW. Um, the EVPs had a video package about their Sting and Darby Alley and Dallin and stuff going on, and this is pretty good. These This video package, when it finally gets cut together for Revolution, is going to be nuts. Um, it's it's gonna be one of those. It's it's gonna be like the uh, oh, what the fuck was uh, I was and, and not on the same level as Daniel Bryan and and Kofi Kingston, but I I think you're gonna get like I think it'll be on the same level as um that match has been on my mind a lot this week. What a what a story. CM Punk in it. Remember the CM Punk MJF one that had all those crazy promos yeah, yeah. that they cut against each other. Because, like, everyone remembers the two. Like, the first one they cut against each other before they feuded, and then the one that was their first one as they it's feuded be against each other a few months over, later. Because you're going to cover but They cut, career. like, ten promos, like, every week. It was The joke was there was 20 minutes at the beginning of every Dynamite was dedicated to that feud. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, and you know... And, like... Uh, yeah. And we're, we're going to cover Sting's career in it. We're going to cover the start of AEW and what it, this has all led to. The EVPs and, and the fucking execution of Darby Allen that they did. How crazy is it Darby Allen's going to drop the tag titles and then go die on Mount Everest? That's crazy. <laughs> Why? 
What? Uh, he's I mean, surviving. He's dude, he's, dude, there's no way he's died. Dude, if he comes back from climbing Mount Everest, you have to put the world title on him. There's no fucking way, right? Like... Dude, that story should go beyond the wrestling fucking... Dude, atmosphere. hold on a second. Darby Allen versus Swerve Strickland after the shit that went down with Nick Wayne? Oh. Yeah. Like, that led Nick Wayne to be so fucking distraught that he went to Christian fucking Cage? Oh my god, Charlie. Did I just book the future? I we think need I AR Fox back, man. Damn it! Yeah, he's in Ring of Honor. Let him be. I like having him on my Ring of Honor. Chill. Chill, chill out there, pal. Uh, Serena Deeb took on Lady Frost. This was actually a pretty good match. Uh, Frost has looked pretty solid in most of the appearances. Yet. I don't think there was anything bad or essentially like special about this match. I don't think it was like anything crazy. Uh, Serena has some hard chops. I'm not really sure what happened here, but I do like both of them. I made you know, note like, of uh, they showed the footage of uh, Lady Frost and CMLL. That's pretty cool. I like seeing that with the collaboration. So that's pretty cool. And they did everything they could. Eventually, Frost show, is going to uh, get something. She's had some title shots, I think, like randomly, like maybe some eliminator matches at least, but like she'll get some kind of opportunity eventually. Uh, Serena Deeb cut a promo. And I got the vibe from this promo, Charlie. Will this be, is she going to be a Mercedes's first opponent in AEW? That's kind of the vibe that I got from this. Like maybe, maybe not. Hopefully. That'd be Look, pretty good. I think no matter what, Serena's got to either feud with, with Mercedes or Deanna or Tony next. Well, yeah, because she's saying she's going to put the wrestling, the W, essentially, back in AEW. God, Serena and Deanna would be fucking awesome. I really want that match. We had the incredible main event between June and Ryan Danielson, and that was the end of the show. So, fucking, any other thoughts you had on uh, on the uh, Serena Deeb match before we move on? Just, like you said, Lady Frost has kind of been someone we've had our eyes on. And, um... Again, I, I, Serena, uh, Serena's little promo after, like I, I just like the way she talks. I like her cadence. I, I like the direction of everything she says. It all makes sense to me. The professor's return, man, and I'm, I'm very, very excited for. Her. Like, I think she's going to take the AEW Women's Division to school. There's so much potential with the AEW Women's Division right now. Like, like seriously, it's, it's. The potential and with Mercedes. Diana Perrazzo, Tony Storm, Queen yeah. the return of Jamie Hader, Thunder Rosa, fucking Jamie, or, uh, not Jamie Hader, um, uh, Julia Hart, Mercedes. Sky Blue, Willow, fucking Stat. I mean, it's and just. And the fact we talking. have Mercedes coming in is, is unreal. Like, the potential is the best it's ever been. I just really, really hope it's executed. And, and uh, yeah, let's. Next week, we got Sting's final appearance on Dynamite. Blackpool Combat Club versus Eddie Kingston and FTR. Whew. And Will Ospreay will be appearing. Um, Again, we're not not a full card. I, I hope this doesn't become a trend. I hope after Revolution we, we get back to getting the full cards announced. <laughs> under, un, under over on 20 bruvs in Will's promo. Over. 26. That's good money right there. Ah. <laughs> uh. All right, so that'll be it for us, guys. Thank you for checking the show out. Um, we'll be back later in the week with our predictions. Those are usually like a 30-minute, 40-minute show. They're, they're a good time for us. We enjoy doing them. So, um, yeah, uh, hopefully the audio quality is great for you guys. Uh, last week, the fucking program we used switched up. Dude, the program we use has been fucking trying to Betrayed us and decided to fucking switch sides, and now it's not the fucking... Now we must defend our liege lord by fucking... It's a tongue cloak. Uh, riding into battle and, 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 and taking them on the fields of fire. The eternal lake of fire. So, um... 
yeah, thanks guys for checking us out. Uh, we'll see you no matter what on Sunday for Revolution, where we are excited. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed the show.